Do you pour the dressing on your salad or do you dip your lettuce into the dressing? If I'm making it, like if I'm making a salad, uh-huh. I'll dress it. But yeah. if I'm at a restaurant, I always tell them to put it on the side. Like, let's say there's a nice piece of broccoli in the salad or something. I'll look for something that's a good conduit. And then I'll like bless the salad with the dressing. <laughs> Use it to Jackson Weird. Pollock your salad? <laughs> What's wrong with you? Because I want even distribution, but I don't want to just, you know, you pour it right on the whole you thing. Gotta right you got to do your dressing like that artist in The Big Lebowski, where she comes <laughs> flying in on the, on the zip line. <laughs> what was that? Oh, that was Randy with the blue cheese. Randy Bellman and the DVE Morning Show. It's six minutes after six at DVE. Here's the Channel 11 Severe Weather Center forecast brought to us by Dormont Appliance. You're 11. It's 66 degrees now at DVE. I'm Val Porter. There are reports President Trump's former personal attorney, Michael Cohen, claims that Trump knew in advance of that meeting with Russians offering dirt on Hillary Clinton. According to a number of news organizations, Cohen is willing to tell special counsel Robert Mueller that he was present when Donald Trump Jr. told then-candidate Trump about the June 2016 meeting at Trump Tower. According to the story, Cohen said the elder Trump approved going ahead with that meeting. Trouble reported on a flight from New York's LaGuardia Airport to Fort Lauderdale. The Spirit flight was forced to land in Myrtle Beach late last night after passengers complained about a sickening odor. There were 220 passengers on plane. About 10 were taken to local hospitals. The entire plane has been checked out for chemical exposure and cleared, so the source of that odor is still a mystery. A man was found guilty yesterday of spying on his neighbors last year in the north side. Robert Havrilla was caught on surveillance camera spying on the family and their 10-month-old daughter from a crawl space above their bedroom last summer. Havrilla reportedly drilled holes in the walls of the home and watched through the ceiling vents. That man will be sentenced October 31st. That's, uh, creepy. that's super creepy. Mm-hmm. That's See, like that story of the guy who had the hotel. Yeah. And uh, he... Which did we determine whether that's true or not? Well, so the, his claim was true. He, uh, It's not like urban legend. Mm-hmm. The guy made up this story. He didn't peep on them nearly to the degree that he claimed he did. But he did peep on people. Yeah, the, but not for years and not with a daily journal about it because the guy Talese story that was printed in the New Yorker uh, basically detailed this guy having built crawl spaces above all of the rooms. It was like an off-the-road motel kind of place. And he ran it. He ran it and he would sit up in the crawl spaces and he could look in every room and he would just sit there and keep, keep detailed notes on people. And at the time, when he claimed he had all of this information, researchers were ecstatic because they were like, this is the first time we've had anybody have a true scientific observation of people's sexual habits. Because the guy did it for, you know, jollies. He was yeah. doing it because he wanted to watch people having sex or, mm-hmm. you know, just being naked or whatever. Uh, you know, regular creepy guy stuff. <laughs> right. And um, uh, then it, it kind of fell apart apparently after that, that guy's story. Because there was a book about it and everything. But that is... I don't know. There's something about the the voyeuristic crime that... Well, it's a total invasion of your safe space. It feels like... I mean, it's, it's the same thing as being assaulted. Yeah. 
It's super creepy. It seems there is a growing trend of workers donating their vacation time to new moms who don't get paid maternity leave or those who need to extend their maternity leave. According to the 2018 Employee Benefits Survey, 15% of employers in the U.S. allow employees to donate paid time off to their co-workers. That's insane. That people don't get paid maternity leave? Yes. Yeah. I don't know how that's legal. We have, uh, because we've allowed it to happen. This is like, you know, there's a real revolution happening here in terms of what's going to happen with our country. And I'm, I'm sure a lot of people, especially if you don't work, if you work a part-time job like 38 hours a week, I'm sure you don't get sick time or anything like that. And some employers will keep you two, three hours behind having the 40 hours. Just so they don't you. have to give you benefits. And there's the guys like Jeff Bezos who make $135 billion and the people that work for him have to be on work assistance. They have to like, get welfare while they have a job. So sad. And they're not a, and they get sick on the job and they're not granted any sort of leave for uh, maternity or Why anything. Why do we like spend that? money with that guy if he treats uh, his employees a, he's so the bad? Worst. No, I'm telling you, that's it's really <laughs> bad. But people kind of need to wake up to that. I think it's because it is so damn handy that everybody right. is like... Because creepy stuff is happening there too, not to overuse that word in the 6 uh, a.m. hour here. It's the creepy hour. It is the creepy hour. It feels a little creepy today with the rain. There was an electric fire smell outside. Yeah. Did you catch that? No, the, it must have been after I got man, it. Man, it was really bad. Really bad. And uh, anyways, um, the idea that you can order something and it's there in like an hour is pretty alluring. It's like magic. It's unbelievable. But I uh, I think they own Zappos now, too. And I always buy sneakers from Zappos. Mm-hmm. And I returned sneakers Tuesday. So they didn't fit. I put them back in uh, the box, put the return postage on it, dropped it at a uh, mailbox center. Um, I'm not kidding you. It was three o'clock in the afternoon when I did it. By seven o'clock that night, I had an email. We have your shoes back in the warehouse and a refund is coming to you. Wow. Four hours later, it was already there. And those, the Amazon stuff, they have stuff that's local that they can get to you in a couple hours. Mm-hmm. So the the convenience of that, everybody, I think, nobody wants to hear anything bad about Amazon. They're like, no, it's the greatest thing in the world. Amazon Prime is awesome. I can get anything I want at any time without ever, you know, having to accumulate a list of like, I always call it like the B-level stuff, the stuff that you're not going to run out and get right away. Yeah. Like, oh, I want that, but I'm not in a big hurry for it. And so you make a list. And then over time, you're like, all right, I guess I'll haul my ass out to Robinson or, you know, uh, Ross Park Mall Ross or- Park Mall, and get all this stuff. Now, you can just, one at a time, be like, oh, are we out of that? Hold on a second. Blip, 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 blip. At a traffic light, you Genie. can take care of it. And that's why Jeff Bezos has $150 million and there are people working for him that are- Is there an expose on him somewhere? A billion of them. I'll yeah, he's And because he's a Washington, he owns the Washington Post, and I think a lot of people- um, particularly left-leaning people think he's a good guy because he's the one keeping up the fight for democracy. Meanwhile, he's he treats also his employees horribly, terribly. You know, which is apparently with how he his makes rights. so much money. Yeah, but it's like Carnegie esque. You know, it's the stuff that this town basically fought against for you know uh, several decades, and finally we're able to sort of like 
get a little bit of uh, workers' rights. So hopefully those people at Amazon will start to be treated better. That's why a lot of people were fighting against it coming to Pittsburgh. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because it's not all it's cracked up to be. Right. Uh, When did you have your wine awakening? According to a new survey, the average American has their wine awakening at the age of 29, which seems young. The most common way people get into wine is from a friend or on their own or through a partner. 25% of Americans prefer wine over other alcohol, and the average wine drinker has two glasses a night, two nights a week. 23% have a glass or two, four or more nights a week. So why is wine so popular? Well, 46% of those surveyed said wine tastes better than other drinks. Other reasons include wine helps them relax at the end of the day, which wouldn't any booze do that? Yeah. Wine goes best with food, and people prefer wine because of the health benefits. 64% say they are more likely to drink wine at home rather than at a restaurant. Yeah, see, there's no the taboo against wine. It's If you sit down with a glass of whiskey, the impression you give people is, well, that guy really hits it hard. But if you sit there and drink two bottles of wine, you're, you don't look as bad as if you drink... <laughs> two bottles? <laughs> well, there are some people who can crush two bottles of wine. God bless them. I had a girlfriend who was a prolific wine drinker, and she did not get drunk. She would drink a bottle of wine wow. and just be out, and it blew me away. But I didn't turn, get turned on to wine until I was like 27, and my friends and I used to do these potluck dinners, which were still, it was one of the funnest times of my life, and we used to like probably have two a week, and we discovered those big jugs of oh, the yeah. Rossi, whatever yep. the hell it is. Uh, and it has a little finger hook on it. A little jug. Yeah, and those yeah. things were like 10 bucks, And you could just drink tons of it. And it was sweet, so it's kind of like Dago Red type stuff where you're drinking it, and it just tastes great at the just time. It goes down smooth. Boy, does it hurt you the next day if you <laughs> if you overdo it. But yeah, you feel a little fancy. It feels sophisticated. I look wine. at like some of those you know people who can drink you know scotch on the rocks. To me, that seems fancy. That seems alcoholic-y to me. <laughs> it seems, um, I don't know what the word, not dignified. I don't know what the word is I'm looking for. Maybe dignified. Dignified might be it. Maybe. I, I've told you about my run-in with scotch and like where I thought, oh, I'm going to be a scotch drinker now. I'll microwave the story for you. But uh, it was when I lived on Mount Washington and uh, a couple of weekends in a row, I was like, I'm drinking scotch. I'm drinking doers and water. Look at me. I'm, this is my drink. I'm I like a man. This. I'm, getting, I'm getting loaded. It's really getting me drunk. <laughs> And I remember a buddy of mine telling me in the midst of this, it was about a three-week run I had with it, and I was up in Erie, and he's like, what are you drinking? I'm like, Doers and Water, man. And he's like, whoa. And I'm like, yeah, right? I'm like, it really packs me. It's great. He's like, no, man, that's going to get you twisted. Like, that's not a fallback <laughs> drink. Like, maybe, you know, have some Bud Lights or something. And I'm like, no, dude, I'm like a Doers guy now. It's my thing. It's going to be my identity. And it was getting me blackout drunk. And then, so, I didn't... Again, thinking I was being sophisticated by drinking it, I went to the Shiloh Inn and uh, Mount Washington on like a Tuesday night. And the Pirates are playing. I'm like, I'm going to have dinner. I'm going to sit out. Have a nice Have a drink. scotch. Yep. And so Baldhead Sammy, the bartender who was up there, is like, hey, what do you want? I'm like, eh, scotch and water. Boom. Next thing I know, I don't know, game goes into extra innings. I think I only had four of them, which is a lot, I guess. So like when you drink scotch, how much is it? Like, is it a shot? I mean, ostensibly a shot, yeah. Uh, and on the rocks with but no? But you get heavy poor bartenders, so it's okay. not always even now. Sure. Anyways, it was like a Tuesday, and I went home, and I threw up. <laughs> and I was like, what am I doing? <laughs> like, My scotch days are over. That was it. I, was, I, I don't think I've had scotch since, because I was like, 
disgusted with myself. Well, I just went out by myself to watch the Pirates and have, <laughs> have dinner, and I got scotch throw-up drunk. I just imagine it like people who drink scotch, they wear smoking jackets and drink it very slowly and... Gin has that feel to it to me. Ew, too. gin! It doesn't gin smell like pine trees. It has or a weird like it. Yeah, it has a weird Ugh. taste to it. I'm not a fan of gin. Gin. The reason do, do, I, do people drink gin straight? Yeah. Well, there's like a gin bar in uh, Dormont. Wow. The only time I ever really got a run in with gin, <laughs> it was a high school football camp. It oh was one of those camps where you're paired with people from all over the country. So I didn't know the guy I was rooming with, and I'm like, yeah, I've got a bottle of gin, dude. Stole it. He's like, right on. It was some guy from Cleveland, and he's like, glug 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 glug, and he chugged like half of it. I'm like, dude, I think you're going a little aggressive. And he like an hour later was in the hallway, grabbed the fire extinguisher, blew it off, and like the state cops came and everything. And I was like. <laughs> All right, I think I'm, my gin days are over. I'm done with gin. <laughs> Why does it take major incidents for me to uh, get off of uh, certain kinds of booze? Well, otherwise there'd be no reason to stop. It's weird how your body. There are some booze types that just don't jive with you. My little sister is 110 pounds, and she drinks tequila and does not get doesn't get hammered, doesn't get loud. If I do a shot at tequila. It's I'm, you know, twice as annoying as I already am. We went to Mexico for a wedding like, I don't know, three or four years ago. I got drunk every night. I was not hungover. Tequila. No, it wasn't tequila. I don't know what we were. I don't remember what we were drinking. But people are like, oh, there's no uh, preservatives in the alcohol down here. That's why you don't get hangovers. That's total BS. That's you were what drinking, I thought. You were drinking some guy's homemade booze that he was <laughs> stirring with his forearm. It was like at an all-inclusive resort. Yeah, th- that's where they do it. <laughs> they're pouring it out of bottles that you don't see. And they're like, if you if you give them a name brand, you're like, give me a Tito's and soda. They're like, Tito's! Okay. <laughs> I and, know him. And, yeah. And then they you never see it. It comes out of some plastic jug a tube they pour it in your mouth you're like in the pool and they're like hey buddy how you doing and they just like fling all this booze in your mouth while you're playing pool games and stuff down there yeah and that's how a couple people like a family a whole family got sick right well i think a couple of them died (laughs) oh see but yeah i don't i don't know what happened down there you know hangover though no hangover it was amazing it made me want to move there (laughs) No, you don't want to move there. <laughs> I don't. The but... risk of being beheaded <laughs> it should be enough. But yeah, maybe that should. What booze were you drinking? I don't. You know? We drank a lot of champagne because it was all inclusive. So I am convinced there's a booze for you because Val's well documented horrible hangovers keep her. She's the funnest drunk in the world, but your hangovers are just too it's not worth it. Debilitating. Yeah, you literally have day long. Oh yeah, hangovers that yeah. like. Sunday just would bleed feel, into a Tuesday. Oh, uh, yeah. Just feel like I got hit by a bus. We've got to figure that out for you. Maybe anyway, when they legalize weed, you can just become a huge pothead. <laughs> Maybe. A New Hampshire man felt down in the dumps after a robbery attempt went wrong, so he decided to just take a dump at the crime scene. <laughs> Christopher Rosati broke into the First International Auto Group early Monday morning and attempted to open the safe in the dealership's office. When he couldn't crack the code, he just dropped a deuce right in the middle of the floor. <laughs> Before he tried to steal a car off the lot, the 26-year-old, who was intoxicated at the time of the incident, 
Couldn't make it out of the lot. He ended up crashing into several other vehicles before he was apprehended. He was actually out on bail on burglary charges at the time of his arrest. The Kennedy Center has a new class of honorees. The organization is recognizing singers Cher and Reba McIntyre, composer Philip Glass, and jazz musician Wayne Shorter this year for their contributions to American culture. A special award will also be given to the co-creators of the Broadway musical Hamilton. The 2018 Kennedy Center Honor Ceremony will take place in Washington, D.C. on December 2nd. Finally, UFC fighter Conor McGregor is accepting a plea deal that will avoid jail time. Uh, allow him to avoid jail time for a brawl at Brooklyn's Barclays Center. During a court appearance in Brooklyn Criminal Court yesterday, the 30-year-old uh, pleaded guilty to disorderly conduct for the April 5th incident. Uh, he chucked a metal dolly at the window of a bus inside the Barclays Center loading dock. He ended up injuring two UFC fighters in the incident. McGregor initially faced up to seven years in prison on felony charges. He'll have to undergo anger management and five days of community service. Spotty showers and thunderstorms, 80 for the high today. It's 66 at DVE. Steelers training camp going on right now. Mike Pursuta is broadcasting each and every morning from St. Vincent College in Latrobe. And Mike had a chance yesterday to speak with Ben Roethlisberger. His one-on-one with the quarterback coming up. You'll hear that all morning long. Plus, Sean Collier reviewing the new Ambition Impossible. Norlex Belma is in town performing at the Arcade Comedy Theater tomorrow night. He'll be live in studio with us. And the uh, the great Ruckus Brothers in the coffee house today, they always put together these big review-type shows. They've done Prince, Michael Jackson in the past, all these really killer shows. They're doing a Motown show mm. now, and they use the best in town to do it. And that's going to be, uh, I think, at the, the where the Oaks? I think. Uh, so they'll be in the coffee house after 9 o'clock. Mike Pursuit of Sports, live from Steelers Training Camp when we return on DVE. DVE Sports. Mike pursued us live from Steelers training camp, St. Vincent College in Latrobe. And, Mike, things are getting ramped up out there. Yeah, they got on the field yesterday for the first time, and uh, it was still kind of a football and shorts type of exercise. The shoulder pads won't come on until Saturday, but uh, there was uh, something relatively symbolic about the first practice of camp arriving and uh, the Steelers getting on the field and the fans getting a chance to sit on the hill and yell. And uh, all that took place yesterday. Sports this hour. Brought to you by Xfinity from Comcast. Ben Roethlisberger also uh, did his share of media and then some yesterday. Roethlisberger holding a group interview after practice. Prior to practice, he did uh, three one-on-one interviews. One with Ed Bouchette of the Post-Gazette. One with Joe Rudder of Trib Live. And uh, I talked to him for about 10 minutes uh, yesterday just before lunch. Uh, During our session, Roethlisberger told me that... uh, this might be his 15th NFL season, and he might be 36 years of age, but uh, he is as motivated as he's ever been. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I mean, as long as physically, that, that's the most important thing. If physically, I can do it. If Pouncey's still here, if I have that line in front of me, that's a big deal because that helps with, with me being physically healthy. But, you know, I was doing the math. I've spent over a year of my life here, which is crazy to think of. Like, uh, over a year of my life is spent here at St. Vincent College. And when I come here, it's like you, you still get excited. You still want to go and you want to win. And, yeah, I'm still driven. I still want to be great. Ben Roethlisberger, uh, pretty good last season, uh, but not maybe the best football that he's played yet. Uh, 28 touchdowns, 14 interceptions. His pass rating was 93.4. 
after further review, Ben Roethlisberger has decided that uh, even at his relatively advanced age, he hasn't peaked yet. I feel as good as I've felt in a long time, um, health-wise. And um, going back and, and looking at last year's tape and, and really studying and evaluating and talking with Randy and um, some other people that I value their opinion on, uh, I might have had one of my best seasons. Maybe, you know, Statistically, it was, it was a pretty good season. But in terms of arm strength, making decisions, you know, all those things, I still feel like I'm playing at a high level, and I still feel like I'm, I'm going up. I don't feel like I'm coming down yet. And uh, here's uh, a little bit more from Ben yesterday on uh, why he thinks uh, he's still got game. You know what? I think as you get older, people start talking about, you know, what's the first thing to go? Your, your legs, your mobility, right? I, I still feel my arms as strong as it's ever been. I'm out, out there playing with the receivers, playing catch, and they're telling me that the ball's getting there faster than it ever has. So I think my arm has actually gotten stronger. But, you know, if you look in that Jacksonville game down there, the stretch, there were a couple scramble plays down the field where I'm running and making some plays. I think those, to me, were kind of like, okay, maybe I, maybe I still have it a little bit. So Jacksonville, the two games you went from maybe I don't have it to, yeah, I still have it. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> yeah, you but, know, um, he ahead, talked man. about his diet being altered in the offseason, too. I'm wondering if he started to realize that the sacrifice to be the best is really sacrificing year-round now. Like, the sport has changed. The the demand and the expectations are a lot different than they used to be. Yeah, that, that's, uh, that's a great point. You don't uh, come to camp to get in shape anymore. You have, you, you have to be in shape when you get here. And, uh, you know, the older you get, your joints and things like that, the, the less stress you can put on all that stuff, the better. But... Uh, he, uh, I'll tell you what, he was uh, letting it rip yesterday. Uh, must have been feeling pretty good. He did all his media. He got that out of the way. And uh, he's back at St. Vincent uh, doing what he loves, throwing to uh, guys he loves to throw to. And uh, Steelers off and running in 2018. Uh, wasn't the greatest practice in the world. Uh, looked a lot like you might expect a first practice to look. A bunch of drop balls. Even Antonio Brown dropped one. Uh, the coach is mostly uh, working on fundamental stuff and technique stuff. Uh, Mason Rudolph uh, didn't get a chance to throw many passes at all, just a handful, since they have the four quarterbacks going. In years past, Ben Roethlisberger has practiced one day, uh, done a half day the next day, and then taken the third day off, and that's been his rotation uh, through training camp. So uh, I would assume if he's going to do that again, Rudolph We'll have to wait until uh, Roethlisberger is either at half speed or not participating to get reps. Uh, they're going to they're gonna make him earn it. Uh, at least that was the uh, presumption after the way they deployed him yesterday. But deployed the reps between Roethlisberger, Landry Jones, Josh Dobbs, and Rudolph. Uh, Mason Rudolph's first passing attempt was uh, a play-action pass and then a bootleg right. And if you remember Garo Yepremian against the oh, yeah. Redskins in the Super Bowl, that's what it looked like. Oh, that's no good. He cocked his arm and went to throw, and the ball was bouncing the other way. Ah. Uh, oh, boy. Hey, you got to start somewhere, Randy. <laughs> wow. Not an uh, auspicious debut for young Mason. I'm surprised that uh, nobody's called in by now and said, I'm alarmed at the way Mason Rudolph tries to throw the I ball. I am alarmed. <laughs> yeah, but, like, it wouldn't even... 
That wouldn't even be a, a parallel to the to the original. I'm alarmed at the play of Chucky Acobe because Chucky was our third string center then. Yeah. Well, right now Mason's our fourth string quarterback. Oh, that's well. I guess you're right. But the hope for him to be the future, I guess, is there really... is hope for him to be the future. Yeah. he's got to do better than he did yesterday, Randy. I'm yeah, not no. a, I'm not a coach or a scout, but that wasn't good. So, sounds like uh, yeah. Sounds like you've you've got that graded correctly. <laughs> Speaking of alarming, uh, Mets beat the Pirates twelve to six. Bucko's uh, second consecutive loss. Uh, an agonizing performance at PNC Park. Uh, the Pirates uh, still didn't get Corey Dickerson or Starling Marte back into the lineup. Dickerson's dealing with a hamstring, Marte with uh, a hand issue, and it was uh, Jordan Luplo in left field, uh, Sean Rodriguez in center field. The Bucks did get Francisco Cervelli back behind the plate, but man, if there was a mistake last night that they could make, they made it. Uh, six runs, seven hits, and three errors could have been. Uh, twice that many errors, a bunch of plays that uh, should have been made but weren't, that weren't classified as errors. And the pitch was just putrid. Uh, Nick Kingham walked four in his three innings, gave up seven hits, six runs. Tyler Glass now walked four in his three innings. Bucko pitchers end up walking nine Mets on the night. Uh, just one of those nights for the Pirates who fall to 53 and 51. They're eight games behind the Cubs in the NL Central Division. And they are three and a half games behind Atlanta for the second wild card. Arizona and Colorado are between Pittsburgh and Atlanta in the race for that second wild card. Another one against the Mets tonight. Ivan Nova for the Buccos, six and six with a four point two eight ERA. He'll be opposed by Jason Vargas. Two and six, eight point six oh. The Mets are starting a guy with an eight point six oh ERA tonight. Well, you know, you gotta you gotta Dance with the one that brung you. <laughs> Horrible pitching. Even if you put a bag over her head. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They're they're in bad shape. Uh, Pirates got to catch the ball and throw the ball better than they did last night. That was uh, the the bad news. Bucks resurfaced for whatever reason. Uh, it's been a hell of a run. You know, you can forgive them a, a hiccup, provided it is only that, and they're not choking to death. Yeah, but I'll tell you what: losing the first of this series now, the pressure's on. Uh, I don't think a split would be something to get excited about. So let's see if they can win three in a row. We've got to get the first one tonight and then go from there. It could happen. It Mike, could. thanks so much. We'll check in with you next hour. Or do you, you got something else? No, that's it. I, just, I was just going to say we're going to hear uh, a lot from Ben today. All right, he, good. Had, he had a lot to say. Good deal. Looking forward to it. Uh, we'll be out of camp next week, and uh, we'll tell you who is going to be with us. The Be Like Mike contest ending yesterday. Oh, that's right. Yeah. yeah, so we have a winner in that, right? right. Or a loser. Or No, no. <laughs> yeah, the losers have to spend winner. two days out here. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. Val, I'll have your news coming up at the top of the hour. Valerie, what are you going to be talking about? Uh, well, since Sean Collier is going to be reviewing the new Mission Impossible movie, I'm going to give you Tom Cruise's 10 best and 10 worst movies. Okay, cool. So and if we'll cause debate, possibly. I am just... Putting it out there now, if all the right moves isn't in the top ten, I'm going to be super pissed. <laughs> we'll so find out. Quit. You know, uh, remember when I interviewed Tom Cruise and I brought up the name of his character and he had no idea who I was talking about? I was like, Stefan Georgievich wouldn't have done that. He's like, who's that? And I'm like, that uh, was you in all the right moves. One of our coworkers was in that movie. I know. I, I And I didn't know that until like a year ago. Yeah. And now I'm... 
awestruck by her when she's walking around. <laughs> she's a Hollywood star. She is. Uh, Sean Collier is going to be, re- be reviewing that new Mission Impossible movie. Comedian Norlex Belma in the coffee house and the Ruckus Brothers performing live for you. Norlex Belma in the studio, Ruckus Brothers in the coffee house. I'll get it straight. I was at that Radiohead concert last night, so I'm a little foggy right now. And it's Friday. And it's Friday. The Friday fog of Dark, late July. Dark, dreary. <laughs> it is dark and dreary. There is a bad smelling fire outside too. I think there was a car fire on the Parkway West. Oh really? That's not on my traffic report. Uh, huh. I don't know, man. It smells like something the guy was on in fire. Cleveland is not on the ball this morning. No, right. <laughs> Our eye in the sky, 120 miles away, <laughs> is not on the ball. What's going on with that? Uh, don't forget, you can be a part of the lunchtime each and every day here. Deep. It's the DVE morning show. Randy Bauman along with Val Porter. Bill Crawford's on vacation. And uh, I went to that Radiohead show last night. I think the entire town was there. Or at least anybody yeah. that I'm connected to on social media was there. Every <laughs> post I saw this morning and last night when I got home was from that concert. But I left early um, because, you know, we ha- have to get up. Right. So I left at like 1025 or something mm-hmm. like that. Right as they were playing f- fake plastic trees. What so- time did they go on? They went on at 8.35. Oh, so you saw, saw almost, yeah, almost the whole show. Yeah. It was really good. It was kind of like being awash in like this sonic, you know, like it was like being in a movie that you couldn't really get out of. Mm, yeah. You know, but I, I, I like to, oh, no, but very good way. Yeah. Okay. But it wasn't your traditional like song. Like, yeah, that was going. They're like, we got another one for you. This one's off our third album. You know what? Mm-hmm. It's not like that. It's like this just kind of spooky, cool, groovy thing that just keeps going and going and going. But PPG Arena, the former former Consol Energy Center, still is one of the best sounding arenas I have ever been in. Really? Yes. And weren't you at Wembley? Yes. It's well, I mean, it's way better than Wembley, I think. Well, that's a world-renowned... It's also super old. This has a state-of-the-art sound design. See, I think PPG Arena is set up perfectly for concerts and not good for hockey. (laughs) It sounds awesome when you're there for a show. And I thought that the first show I saw there when Paul Paul McCartney McCartney came. But uh, last night, it really was showing off how just sonically perfect it is I, not perfect might not be the right word but. i cannot wait to see metallica there oh in october i'm going oh yeah i'm definitely going to that show it reminded me last night to go to more arena shows because they just sound so good yeah. there i remember springsteen sounding really good there mm-hmm. roger waters oh my god that wall tour was incredible the eagles so here's something kind of funny the eagles were just there the other night tuesday and i was talking to somebody that works there and I said, uh, you know, how's it holding up in the heat in here? And he goes, well, it hasn't been too bad except for the other night. You know, the Eagles, they, they, they didn't want any AC on. What? I'm like, they don't have any air conditioning for the Eagles concert? He goes, no, nah, the band doesn't want it on. And I thought, you know you're getting old. <laughs> They're old guys who were cold all the time. When you're telling the arena, <laughs> turn down the air conditioning. Maybe that's why the crowd was so subdued. Because isn't that what Mark Madden said? Yes, he the did. The crowd say it. was real, like mellow. I just figured it's because they were older. The crowd last night was was entranced. It's the best way I can say it. 
there was this one moment, they were playing this one tune, I can't remember the name of it, but it just has this like bass groove that loops over and over and over, and it's like a head bobber kind of song, mm-hmm. and the whole floor, everybody's like, their bodies weren't moving, but all of their heads in unison were just kind of like bopping back and <sighs> bonk, forth. Bonk, bonk. Yeah, it was pretty cool. It was a good time. Happy uh, belated birthday to Mick Jagger. What was he, 74 yesterday? Five. Jeez Louise. You know when he comes next time, he's going to be like, turn off the AC. I need a cardigan. <laughs> the Stones. Friday morning. DBE. I mean, it sounds like an oldie song a little bit when you hear it, but for some reason, when you see the Stones do that live, it just rocks the place. Ugh. There's nothing I, it, like They're it. still awesome. I mean, they're all in their 70s. 75. How's he going to keep doing that? I don't know. I thought about the moves he was doing. Like, Tom York was doing these crazy moves on stage last night, and he's a little bit older than me, and I can't do any of that. <laughs> so, Mick Jagger has 30 years on him, Well, and he's still you know, doing those dance moves. I don't know. All those ladies keep him young, I guess. How about it, man? The guy. All the young ladies keep him young. At 75, he's still feeling... Uh, well, who was the other guy from the Stones who has like newborns? Oh, wait. Well, they're not newborns now, they're but they're young toddlers. Bill, Bill Wyman, the I bass think, player. I think, yeah. He's not there. He's not in the band well, anymore. Right, but, but he did the rare accomplishment of didn't he marry his wife's daughter or something crazy like that? Mm, I don't remember that. So, I'm. It's certainly possible. It's rock some and roll. Deal. No, it was like not his wife. It was like his girlfriend, who was probably like forty five or forty six, <laughs> had like a twenty two year old daughter, and he ended up dating yeah. the daughter. And he's not even Mandy. a good looking guy. Well, yeah, you don't have to be when you're Kids, a rock star. Play the guitar. <laughs> Put down sports. Pick up the guitar. And you have to play guitar. Can't play piano. Yeah. Can't play drums. Not drums. Drums you can get away with, yeah. Bass, no. Ba- bass players, unless you're Adam Clayton, because he is gifted, they say. The guy from U2. Oh, in that sense. Yeah. Although, a lot of guys, I don't know why a lot of bands, I feel like the drummer is the dumb guy in the band. Well, because the drummer's the <laughs> No, that's not true. Maybe just Maybe that's just hair metal bands. Yeah, I don't know. I mean. I always felt not dumb, but like dopey. Maybe like, personality-wise. Like, like Gronk. Yeah, you know, there's that image. But per- personality-wise, maybe. But like from an intellectual standpoint, I mean, those guys have to do a lot of math yeah, yeah. in their head. Keep the time of the band. Yeah. Yeah, so, dumb was a bad choice. Dopey is a better choice. Anybody in a band is dumb. <laughs> <laughs> no, who's that guy from uh, The Offspring is like, and Brian May, they're like physicists. Brian May is literally is an a, astrophysicist. Yeah, he's like a rocket scientist. I saw the trailer for that Queen movie uh, yesterday. Holy cow. Mm-hmm. There's like an extended one. I don't know if you saw it. Originally, I only saw like the 32nd one. There's like a two and a half minute one now. Oh, no, I haven't seen that There's one. a long one. It, it He does look like Freddy, and it looks like it's going to be a cool movie. Yeah. When's it out? November. Yeah, and I think. I think it'll be, we're ready for a good queen resurgence, you know? Mm-hmm. 
I'm okay with if we're plastered with uh, Queen songs for the next couple of years. What do you got coming up here, by the way? Um, well, the new Tom Cruise Mission Impossible movie comes out today, so we're going to talk about Tom Cruise's 10 best and 10 worst movies. Uh, Norlex Belma, comedian uh, Norlex Belma, just getting done with his first headlining stint at Caroline's in New York City, a momentous, monumentous occasion in anybody's career. He sold it out. Things are going great for uh, our friend Norlex. He's going to be in town performing at the Arcade Comedy Theater. Tomorrow night, he'll be live in studio with Sean Collier, who will have that review for you on the Mission Impossible movie, and the Ruckus Brothers performing live in the coffee house today. Their Motown review at the Oaks this week. I've told you about my run-in with scotch, and like where I thought, oh, I'm going to be a scotch drinker now. I'll microwave the story for you, but uh, it was when I lived on Mount Washington, and uh, a couple of weekends in a row, I was like, I'm drinking scotch, I'm drinking Dewar's and water. Look at me. I'm, this is my drink. I I'm like a man. This. I'm, getting, I'm getting loaded. <laughs> it's really getting me drunk. Again, thinking I was being sophisticated by drinking it. I went to the Shiloh Inn and uh, Mount Washington on like a Tuesday night. The Pirates are playing. I'm like, I'm going to have dinner. I'm going to sit out. Have a nice Have a drink. scotch. Yep. And so Baldhead Sammy, the bartender who was up there, is like, hey, what do you want? I'm like, eh, scotch and water. Boom. Next thing I know, I don't know. Game goes into extra innings. I think I only had four of them, which is a lot, I guess. Anyways, it was like a Tuesday, and I went home and I threw up. <laughs> and I was like, what am I doing? Randy Bellman and the DVE so, Morning I mean, it gets show. away from you sometimes. <laughs> By the way, I did not know until after we had that discussion. Today is National Scotch Day. Oh, well, just don't drink so much scotch. that you puke. I love scotch. Scotch is got scotch. <laughs> Yeah, no, I thought I was being very manly, having a scotch <laughs> my dinner. I'm all grown up now, Mom. A scotch with dinner is okay. How many did you say you had? Four? Yeah. Maybe maybe you want to dial it down a little from four. I remember just like <laughs> barfing and, and like having this whole talk with myself as it was occurring. This has got to stop. <laughs> I mean, really. What are you? <laughs> what's the point of all of <laughs> Be smarter. Come on. <laughs> which is second only to my other uh, uh, Mount Washington barf story, which is the when we lost the 2002 AFC championship to the Patriots. Mm-hmm. And we were going to the Super Bowl the next day. We were on the team plane. Like, we had it set up. We were gone. Yeah. So, like, maybe not the next day. Maybe it was Tuesday, but... Uh, I, I was so excited for that. Like, it was the biggest deal that had ever happened to me. And I'm like, there's no way we're losing to the Patriots. And we lost. And then I got completely blotto because it was a one o'clock game. And uh, I uh, I took a cab <laughs> to Mount Washington and I had him let me off on Shiloh Street because I used to live right by the Redbeards up there. Uh-huh. And I threw up all over the bank. <laughs> I'll, never, I'll never forget that. Just, just like spackling the, the bank. And I'm like... <laughs> I thought I was going to the Super Bowl, and now I'm throwing up on a bank. The next day is like, what (laughs) happened here? My whole world crumbled just Uh, so quickly. I've Uh, also thrown up in a bank parking lot. Where? On uh, over by South Hills Village. Is that the worst place you've ever thrown up? Um, uh, probably. I mean, I've thrown up outside bars. Yeah. I've done that too. Usually, I wait till I get home, though. So I got really good at it in college at Penn State. If you got if you threw up in a bar, you'd get thrown out. So when you're stunt drinking, kids, don't do this. This is dumb. But back <laughs> Learn when from I, your elders. When I was a college student, we were doing lots of dumb things. We also ate gluten and uh, 
We, there's a lot Fried of... Fried foods. Ah, we didn't know about saturated fats. Charred meat. Yeah, there, we did a lot of bad things that are no longer called... We used straws. Things were <laughs> a lot different back then. But we used to... You know, you'd be doing so many shots that sometimes you would just throw up. Your stomach would be like, nope. Yeah, it doesn't it, go even down the whole way. It just rejects it. So you would have to barf without getting caught. Otherwise, you'd get kicked out. And my friends all became really adept at using the beer pitcher. Oh. Oh, that's and, awful. And like diving under a table. They're like, oh, God. Oh, my God. <laughs> you know, it happens. But uh, but uh, don't do that, kids. Uh, trick responsibly. Uh, yes. Careful with the gluten. Uh, use paper straws. Everything in uh, moderation. What do you think about the straw movement, by the way? Well, I, I I asked. I went out to dinner with somebody the other day, and I'm like, "No straw, please." They're like, "What?" Does it make you feel good when it you don't use straw? It makes me feel great. Yeah. Well, you're very big on that. Like you posted something the other day that I agree with wholeheartedly. The six pack ring uh, that has long confounded people because it ends up in the water and mm-hmm. then gets caught in the animals. Yeah, they... I anytime I have one I cut it up in in pieces which See, it still goes into the environment but at least nobody's getting stuck in it. There's, yeah, the turtles aren't being choked by it, but they have right. now like biodegradable ones. Yes, they they make them out of like the hops and barley or whatever that's left over from brewing. Right. And it's the animals can eat it. So my thing with the straws is I'm with you 100% there's got to be a better way but we just don't have it yet and that's annoying because those paper straws i don't know if you've used those they like get wet and fold in immediately you can't even get one drink down well and then drinking without a straw straw. i mean i don't know i have kind of like sensitive teeth you know i have to to cover your teeth like this with your lip yeah you're like i'm saving the environment but i'm definitely not getting laid you can buy those uh i don't know if they're stainless steel or what they're made out of straws they sell like the flute from hr puff and stuff you just keep it in your pocket do they sell those now yeah and they have keychains like you're gonna have your straw on your keychain like you whip it out like a those beating sticks yes how disgusting is that though you're just using the (laughs) same straw over and over again Put it in your pocket I mean, it's going to accumulate bacteria and stuff. Then you're going to end up with a big canker sore. Well, Again, there has to be bigger. They're saving better. the environment. That's fine. It's worth it. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good argument to be made. Yeah, maybe we'll figure it out. Some other country probably had to figure it out decades ago. Sweden is like, what are you guys doing? We figured out everything. Yeah. If you go up there, they have the solutions to all of our problems. Come We're over like, here and take a crash course. <laughs> And how to do it right. But uh, meanwhile, they're like, don't tell anybody anything. <laughs> we don't want anybody coming up here. What do you hey, got going on over there? Here's the Channel 11 Severe Weather Center forecast brought to us by Bridgeville Appliance. Tour 11. It's 66 degrees at DVEM Val Porter. Roseanne Barr says the tweet that ended Roseanne was meant to be political, not racist. She was on Hannity last night on Fox News, and it was her first interview since her show was pulled due to a tweet comparing former Obama White House advisor Valerie Jarrett to an ape. I'm sorry that you feel harmed and hurt. I never meant that, and and for that I apologize. However, she soon followed that up by saying Jarrett needs a new haircut. Uh, Roseanne stressed her. <laughs> that one makes her look like a. <laughs> she stressed that her tweet was meant to be an appeal for accountability in the Obama administration for the Iran nuclear deal. Yeah, I just I think 
the problem is, is there's a body of work behind what she has said that sort of belies her I'm not racist stuff. She, well, she claims she's in the middle politically. Or she thinks she is. She thinks Pizzagate is real. She is anything but. She's. I think she's mentally ill. Oh, that video from the other day made it seem that way. When, I her mean, completely losing her mind and like pushing her hair back and. Yeah, I just don't. I don't think she's well. She talked about her her mental illness. It's not like it's a secret. Um, she has talked about her mental illness. Oh yeah. I thought the bitch was white. God damn it! I thought the bitch was white. <laughs> How can Valerie Jarrett be offended by anything? <laughs> what a snowflake. Well, the founder of Papa John's is suing the company he started. <laughs> John Schnatter this says This is the my company, favorite one. <laughs> he says the company is not adequately responding to his request for internal documents. Schnatter has said that he regrets stepping down as chairman of the company after publicity about some alleged racially insensitive comments <laughs> he made to a marketing group became public. Schnatter has called that report false. If it was false, why did he resign? You know like, what? Why wouldn't he immediately say, I'm, I never said that? I'm not racist. How do you like that? <laughs> he said his lawyer uh, wants to look at documents as they examine what they call the heavy-handed way the company treated him. Here's what I think it is. It's all about your body of work. What comes before the thing you said? You can get away with saying, that's not what I meant, and it came out wrong, and the context is all skewed. Uh, if before that you were Mother Teresa, mm-hmm. but when you have done other things that sort of fall in line with the accusations coming your way, it's hard to defend against them. Which why if there's somebody standing alone who says, look, I said the N word, I'm sorry, but I was just saying Colonel Sanders used to call uh, people the N word mm-hmm. and I said the N word instead of actually saying the N word. Yeah. Uh, that's my bad. And if you were like somebody who's fought, if, if Bernie Sanders did that or somebody who's been fighting for civil rights their whole life, maybe you can get away with it. Maybe. But in no circumstance can a white person use the N-word and expect to get out of it scot-free, especially if your comments in the past have been eh, right on the line of being a little bit racist. And I especially just, if the pizza is that bad. That's what we're overlooking here. I just Garbage yeah. pie. Joe Bartnick had a great joke about that. He yeah. said, like, if you're mad at Papa John for being a racist, you've never had his pizza. <laughs> I just joke. can't p- ever hear a story about him without picturing him at that college football game hammered and people holding him up. <laughs> he's like he's slouched over some yeah. Kentucky dudes. <laughs> he He's not coming back from that one. But it's the same thing as Roseanne. I'm so, it, Initially, they're like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. That was the wrong thing to do. And then they two weeks later, they're like, you know what? I got enough people on my side. I'm not sorry. So you watch. He's going to start another pizza. There's going to be another Papa John. Yeah. But it'll have a different name. Like Sambo's or something like that. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Pennsylvania's attorney general is asking the Pope for help. Josh Shapiro said yesterday he's written a letter to Pope Francis asking him to help get a report on sex abuse of children within some Catholic diocese released. Shapiro had planned to release the report last month. However, he said petitioners caused the state Supreme Court to put a stop to it. In the letter, Shapiro said some clergy in Pennsylvania have failed to follow the Pope's example of seeking justice for victims of abuse within the church. The reference was to a 2015 visit by Pope Francis.
Francis to Pennsylvania Seminary, where he apologized to survivors of abuse and said he would look for the truth no matter where it led. All the news is terrible. Yes. This is good news, though. Kennywood set to debut its new Thomastown attraction today. Officials say the addition is adding uh, the park will add four Thomas and Friends theme rides as well as entertainment shows to the West Mifflin Park. Uh, the new attractions are in the former old Kennywood Railroad area near Kitty Land. In music news. Slash featuring Miles Kennedy and the Conspirators releasing their new album, Living the Dream, on September 21st. This is the first single. It's called Driving Rain. Meanwhile, the band's U.S. headlining tour is set to kick off September 13th in L.A. and run through October 14th at the Aftershock Festival in Sacramento. No Pittsburgh date at this point. The closest show is uh, the Electric Factory in Philly on October 10th. That song sounds awesome. It rocks. Uh, the new Mission Impossible movie with Tom Cruise comes out today. Sean, uh, you're going to be giving us your review of that. Uh, business, yeah. <laughs> business Insider decided to rank all 42 of Tom's movies. Uh, to celebrate, I guess. Uh, the 10 best, starting with number 10, Mission Impossible from 1996. Interview with a Vampire. I actually think that's pretty good. Edge of Tomorrow. Is Very that, good. Is that the one where, which one is that? Is that's that where the, he's the like sci-fi pilot who saves whatever's left of the Earth? Yeah, and every like he uh, he dies, but then he just kicks back to basically where he was at the beginning of the movie. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's a lot of fun. Um, Top Gun is at number seven. I hate Top Gun. Wow. Uh, Top it's Gun is age. Top Gun's awesome. Yeah, I didn't see Top Gun until I was probably like twenty eight, twenty nine, yeah, yeah. and then I was just sitting there thinking, "This is a this is a bad movie." This is yeah, nothing. no kidding. That's how yeah. we like it, Sean. I know <laughs> it was great in nineteen eighty, right. whenever it came out. Rain Man at number six, Jerry Maguire, A Few Good Men. Magnolia, which I don't think I've ever seen. Great movie. Mm -hmm. The Color of Money is number two. Born on the Fourth of July is number one. Also a good movie. His Ten Worst. Hard to watch. Born on the Fourth of July is hard to watch. His Ten Worst, according to Business Insider, Rock of Ages. Oh, yeah. Endless Love, which I don't even remember him being in that, but... Is there a remake? No, it said it's from 1981. Okay. So... Who was in that? That Brooke was some Shields? Brooke Shields and some unknown guy, Christopher right? Christopher something. No, that was that was the Blue Lagoon. Yes, mm. that was Christopher Atkins. Mm-hmm. Um, Jack Reacher never go back. The <laughs> <laughs> never go back door. <laughs> Jack Reacher. The Mummy. That, that one. The Jack Reacher reviewed itself. It's like, should I do another Jack Reacher? No, never go back. <laughs> no, the Losing Mummy was it? really bad. Losing it was good. They, that's Not according wrong. to the Business Insider. Jackie Earl Haley in that Shelley Long. It's a good movie. Mission Impossible 2. It's a coming-of-age movie. The original. It's also about Spanish Fly, which is kind of weird now, thinking <laughs> back on that. Maybe that's why it, it ranks so low. The original Jack Reacher, Oblivion. Is that another sci-fi movie? Because that might be the one I'm thinking of. That was one of, like, every every year there would be two giant tentpole sci-fi movies that were completely forgettable and you could barely get through them. And uh, half the time they had Tom Cruise in them. So, yes. Lions for Lambs and Far and Away, among the worst. Yeah, Far and Away, not so good. Forecast today, showers and thunderstorms in some places, temperatures... I thought- 
<laughs> Jeez, Rosie. Oh, my God. Put that as your alarm, Val. That, you'll never not wake up. I thought the bitch was white. I thought the bitch was white. I thought oh the bitch was white. I mean, you would just break the snooze button on your alarm. Uh, yeah, spotty showers and thunderstorms, 80 for the high at 67 at DVE. Our friend Mike Birbiglia's take on Top Gun. <laughs> this is oh, yeah. Recently, I, I, I re, I, I'll give people one piece of advice if you're married is don't force your wife or husband to watch a movie that you have not seen since your childhood and don't remember that well and preface it by saying, this is who I am. <laughs> we, were, we were watching Top Gun and I had forgotten that this is a homoerotic fighter jet film. <laughs> we're watching this scene where the, uh, the gentlemen are playing beach volleyball and they're, they're shirtless and they are oiled up for each other. There are no women for miles of this scene. For each other. I don't know. Were they oiled up for each other? Well, well I, to be, I mean, who's to say? But at the, end, at the end of the scene, the Maverick character has to drive a motorcycle to get to a woman. That's how far women are away from <laughs> And my wife turns to me. She had never seen the movie. She turns to me with utmost earnestness and goes, is this the movie that's who you are? <laughs> and I never thought that I would have to explain to my wife that I'm not gay. I thought that was understood <laughs> from all the sex stuff. Apparently, apparently that's not so convincing. And then the more I tried to explain it, the worse it got. I was like, I was 12 years old. I was at John Casey's birthday party. <laughs> After the movie, we all danced to the song Danger Zone. <laughs> this is who I am. But, uh, yeah, so this week we're watching Cocktail, and we're hoping for the best. I'm telling you right now, I saw it not long ago. It holds up. It's It doesn't. But, I mean, none of those movies, <laughs> none of the movies from the 80s that... Tom Cruise was in in particular. They don't hold up, but they had so much gravitas as a kid. You're like, oh yes, the oh things, yeah. The things that Top, are important in life are are that. Top Gun particularly has no stakes whatsoever. Like I couldn't believe how little stakes there were. It's they're 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 in peacetime in the movie. <laughs> there's, no, there's no reason anyone should die, and then Goose dies. My yeah. favorite character, Goose dies. <laughs> <laughs> and the reason he dies is because Maverick is uh, he's too dangerous. <laughs> not not yeah. the Germans. Not no, uh, yeah. no. Al Qaeda. Not any any real uh, combatant. No, it's Maverick. It's Tom Cruise. It's the guy we're rooting for. It's his fault. The whole movie's his fault. Yeah, they're practicing. And, and the, the voice. Yeah, they're practicing exactly. And the voice of reason in the whole movie is Iceman, who's played by Val Kilmer, who's the villain of the movie. He's the only logical person in the whole movie. He goes, he goes, Maverick. You're too dangerous up there. You're too dangerous. Because what Maverick does, if you remember, is he'll he'll fly his jet at an inverted angle to another jet for the sole purpose of giving that other guy the finger. Ninety percent chance everyone dies. Ten percent chance mildly amusing, maybe not even a story you tell. D V E. 
Sports. Mike Rasuda live from Steelers Training Camp, St. Vincent College in Latrobe. And Mike, Le'Veon Bell is releasing an upcoming EP entitled My Side of Things. You got to Ben's side of things yesterday in a one-on-one with the Steelers quarterback at Steelers Training Camp. I did uh, at that Sports This Hour brought to you by Citizens Bank. Before, however, we get to the snippets of my one-on-one with Ben Roethlisberger. Did I hear Valerie correctly? Was all the right moves not the no. top movie, let alone in the top ten? No. Not even mentioned. Was The Firm not mentioned? Nope. The Outsiders wasn't mentioned. Come on. You know, I know All the Right Moves isn't a cinematic classic from an execution standpoint, but if you are from Western Pennsylvania or spent any amount of time here, they got it right, didn't they? They got I mean, it exactly right. And you know the part that they got the most right was the group of loser drunken booster dudes yes yes <laughs> because every one of our high schools has those guys the big fat curly haired guy who's like come on vandalize we'll those rich so and so as long as he's coach yeah well, maybe he that won't be for too much longer <laughs> yeah exactly the guy yeah. who knows better all the time you know and, and the, the quiet conversation between uh steph and brian riley uh before Riley has to get married, and uh, Steph says, I guess every girl always wanted a big wedding. And Riley says, kind of like we always wanted to play for the Steelers. Yeah. And there's just that pregnant pause because, you know, she's pregnant. She's pregnant, so you have to to pause. Should Um, I go back? Should this be my next? Sean actually reviews a movie from before 2003. Yes. Have you seen this movie? No, I have not seen All the Right Moves. Dude, Ali Sheedy, it's her first movie, I believe. All right, I'll report back next week. Leah Thompson. Leah Thompson. Uh, All the Right Moves is ranked at 18 out of 42. That's way better than that. I completely agree with you, and it does remind me of Western Pennsylvania football. There's no doubt about it. The Outsiders at number 23. Plus, it mentions Aliquippa. Come on. And the quarterback, Rifleman, goes to West Virginia right at the same time Major Harris did. I think Mouse does too, right? I don't know. Does he? The Firm's at number 16, Mike. You know, I remember when that came out, that movie was it. I, I don't know about its staying power, but... Uh, it was the first Friday Night Lights. All the right moves. Yes. Yes. Point Stadium in Johnstown, Don Yonessa is the, visiting co- is the uh, Walnut Heights coach. Yeah. What's, what's not to love about all of that? Well, Randy, you tell me, am I going to enjoy this more than for love of the game? Oh, my God, yes. yes. All right, good. Then I'm in. All right, I'll report back next week. No, but there's... Because there's resonant themes in all the right moves. Right. Like there's stuff that's still going on in Pennsylvania, yeah. In that movie, don't don't you think, Mike? That's high school football. I, agreed. It, it always amazes me when something like that that I feel like I have some sort of innate knowledge of, or if there's a movie about newspapers, they get it so right a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I don't know how Hollywood does that, where they they attack a subject and they figure out all the little details that make it realistic. How many years did you work at the Trib? Too many. <laughs> okay. Yeah. All right. So that being said, uh, did you see the paper? Yes, it's That's phenomenal. That's a great. I love that it's movie. It's phenomenal. With Michael Keaton. Mm-hmm. And the Randy Quaid guy's real. Yeah. I think I was that guy for a while, minus the guns. <laughs> what about uh, what was the most recent one with Spotlight? Uh, Spotlight and the one with uh, Tom That's Hanks, The Post. The Post. I have not seen that yet. Believe it or yeah, not, I it's, see it's that. on my to-do list. Uh, the Woodward and Bernstein uh, movie. All the right uh, all moves. The president's men. All, the right, all the president's moves. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they, 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 do, they do it really well sometimes. I guess that's why movies are popular. <laughs> yeah. And that 
is one to grow on. <laughs> and, but the color money, too, that's, a, that's one of those ones if I'm flipping through the channels and that's on, I stay there. Okay. Well, let's, uh, let's keep people on this channel by uh, letting them know what you had to say to Ben Roethlisberger there yesterday there, Mike. Okay. Well, we talked for about 10 minutes yesterday, and there were a number of things to bandy about. And one of those was uh, the recent comments by James Harrison and uh, what I perceive to be a growing perception nationally that the Steelers are an undisciplined team. They're underachieving because they lack discipline, lack focus. They're, they're just not uh, a button-down outfit. Here's uh, Ben Roethlisberger's response on the discipline issue. Whoops, hang on one second. It, yeah, you it would help get... if I uh, plug my thing back in. Yeah, I plug your thing back in. Because, you know, when you edit, you unplug it. And, well, anyway, here we go. Any team probably has a little bit of, um, you know, discipline, you know, whether it's a young player coming in, um, you know, whatever it is. But I don't think that there's any, you know, glaring issues that we have here on this team. I think um, we're a football team that that wants to win, um, has a great tradition here and tries to follow that up with um, trying to be excellent. Interesting that he said uh, they don't have any glaring issues which would uh, imply that there are some issues, would it not? Yes. There was a lot of uh, scuttlebutt yesterday about the issues in the Steelers' locker room. It came, became sort of a national, a uh, uh, little louder than a murmur yesterday. And, uh, of course, Mike Tomlin, uh, you know, lack of discipline uh, or otherwise, has gotten to the, Steel- the Steelers to the Super Bowl. He's won the Super Bowl with the Steelers. Uh, I asked Ben yesterday what uh, – what is uh, the difference, if any, between those Tomlin Super Bowl teams and the current collection? The, the Super Bowl teams were, were had a lot of veteran guys on it, right? We still had a lot of Coach Cowers guys were still there and some veteran guys were still around sprinkling in with some young guys. And I'd like to think that's kind of what we have now. Uh, I wouldn't say we're an older team, but I, I think, especially on offense, we're a, we're a mature team. You know, you're, you've got some of those eight- and nine-year vets, right? You're not talking – um, you know, I, when I think about those, the last Super Bowl, I think about, um, you know, Heinz's and, and Farrier's and some of those older guys that were in double-digit years. Um, I think now we've got a, a big chunk of those guys sitting right at the, the high single digits, so they've got that experience. They mature, but they also still have enough youth in their body to hopefully propel us to the next level. So maybe poised to strike this year if his theory is correct, that they, they got the guys that have uh, been there and done that now. Enough of those guys. They're, they're not real young, but they're not too old. Uh, we'll see how that plays out. But uh, interesting stuff, as always, from Ben Roethlisberger. The stuff that really got my attention, uh, Ben Roethlisberger talking about uh, how he doesn't think he's peaked yet entering uh, season number 15 at 36 years of age. I feel as good as I've felt in a long time, um, health-wise. And... Um, going back and, and looking at last year's tape and, and really studying and evaluating and talking with Randy and um, some other people that I value their opinion on, uh, I might have had one of my best seasons. Maybe, you know, Statistically, it was, it was a pretty good season, but in terms of arm strength, making decisions, you know, all those things, I still feel like I'm playing at a high level, and I still feel like I'm, I'm going up. I don't feel like I'm coming down yet. I would agree with him on that. I, I, I haven't seen a drop-off of you. No, I mean, if anything, he has, you know, because he's recognized his, uh, I don't want to say mortality as a player, but you know what I mean? He he realizes that there are limitations to what he can do now because of his age. He's not as mobile as he used to be. I think he makes smarter plays. I think that Todd Haley 
as much as he butted heads with him, was able to impress upon him the importance of elongating his career and the necessary steps to make that happen, which is doing things that is, you know, are against his instincts, elongating the play, you know, always going for the home run. Yeah, I think he really runs the show now. It's not, uh, and, and I guess that's one of the reasons why I'm not overly concerned about Randy Feekner never having been an NFL offensive coordinator. Uh, I think the expectation is that Feekner is going to give Ben a lot of latitude, and I don't think that means Ben's just going to throw bombs eight times out of ten. Oh, no. I think he will take what's there and, and run the offense and, and move the ball down the field. Not well, the most exciting aspect of the offense last year was the no huddle, right? Yeah, I would say so. So that's all Ben. He's the one calling the plays in the no huddle. Yes, he is. So if you liked that and you thought that that worked pretty well, you have to be fairly confident in his ability to work with Randy Feekner to develop the offense. Yeah, I think that to me that's down on the list of problems. Most of the problems are on the defensive side. Oh, uh, boy. One, one more from Ben before we get out of here. This is uh, Roethlisberger talking about uh, how motivated he is, how excited he is, and uh, how much he still loves to compete and play the game. And and why? Because he still loves to play the game. He thinks uh, if the circumstances are right, he can keep doing it for a while yet. We've got everyone back. You've got it. No, that's him on the offense. I had the wrong one fired up. Uh, we'll get to that next hour. Right? Yeah, let's just do the next hour. You know, Le'Veon Bell uh, yesterday released the cover of his latest rap EP, My Side of Things, and he's sitting... Ugh. He's sitting on a throne with a crown, and he's throwing out an ace. He's like sitting at a poker table, basically, uh, and it looks like he's sitting on a throne. It is incredible to me how this guy is the best in the league. Unquestionably, he is one of the best uh, the Steelers have ever had, and yet none of us can stand him now. <laughs> like what? it's I, I I just can't indulge any of this stuff on the side. Everything that AB does, I'm able to just go. Yeah, well, that's just AB being AB. But with Lev, I don't know why it drives me nuts, but it does. Yeah, he he has that ability. Well, but, uh, I think AB is a little more endearing. Maybe like, really. And you think like then then um, Le'Veon Bell? You've never Bell. stood in front of his locker and heard him say, "You got to call me Ronald." <laughs> yeah, but he's he's kind of humorous. Well, and you also bit. you you're like, oh, and he's always smiling, kind of. Yeah, he doesn't seem like he can help it. <laughs> it's just kind of like he's a he's like a mimbo a little bit, <laughs> you know. He's a little bit of the male bimbo kind of thing. You're like, oh, you're just not. Uh, thank God you're a great athlete. <laughs> but with Lev, you're like, you're smart enough to know better. What are you doing? I will say this about Bell. I, I've expressed to you guys I'm a little concerned that he can blow everything off again and come back and be an all-pro again. Uh, there there seems to be zero concern out here about how he's going to play this year. They would They would rather have him here, but they've already been through this once, and they, know, they think they know how it's going to end. He's going to show up and be great. I just don't know how you react or how you feel as a player to have somebody on your team just be like, yeah, I'm not coming to camp because I didn't get what I wanted. Well, in in uh, most instances, Val, uh, when a guy is making a perceived stand on principle for his money for what he thinks is his or what he should be getting, they're, they're, they stand on his with side. their brother because, hey, next time you could be the one wanting the money. But there's a way to go about it. 
I do think there's a way to go about it from a public relations standpoint that Le'Veon Bell will not understand. No. All right, we got to take a break. We'll come back. More Mike Pursuit live from Steelers Training Camp. He does not make all the right moves. No, he does not. (laughs) Salvucci doesn't quit. You quit. I wonder what Salvucci is doing these days. You're not God, Nickerson. You're just a typing teacher. All right, we got the Ruckus Brothers live in the coffee house later on this morning. We got to fix that big crack we got in Mike Pursuit's microphone if we can there, Joe. And we have uh, Norlex Bellman live in studio. He'll be at the Arcade Comedy Theater tomorrow night. It's the DVE Morning Show. Randy Bellman along with Al Porter. Bill's on vacation. He'll be back next week. And um, <laughs> he, he, he sent me a text last night during the, uh, I was at the Radiohead show, and he sent me a text. It was just a picture of Ben's face. Like, Someone took a picture, an unflattering picture of Ben. Uh huh. Like while he was throwing the ball at practice yesterday, and his face was like all contorted. Yeah, it's all derpy, and uh, and he just put Owen sixteen underneath. <laughs> 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 I started laughing so hard. Everyone's like, "What are you laughing at?" I'm like, "It's just enjoy the concert. <laughs> Never mind." But because it's impossible to like, you know, the amount of derpy pictures you must get out there. Oh my gosh! People are in your face nonstop. We're going to be there next Wednesday in everybody's face. As we broadcast live from Steelers training camp. Wednesday and Thursday. Wednesday and Thursday. This is the first time we've spent the night in a long time. God, in La Trobe? Yeah, last time we did was 12, 13 years ago. I bet, yeah. At least. Yeah. I said I'd never talk about that night. (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm glad to be going back. It's going to be great. We're going to be inundated in Steeler mania there for two straight days. And we'll announce the winner of the Be Like Mike contest a little bit later on this morning. And that person and their friend will be joining us for uh, the festivities on Wednesday afternoon and Thursday morning. Sean Collier from Pittsburgh Magazine here now with a review of the new Tom Cruise Mission Impossible Fallout. I remember interviewing Tom Cruise mm-hmm. years ago after the first Mission Impossible, and I said, are you going to do another one? He goes, we haven't, or it was the third, after the second one, he said, uh, we haven't figured out a script for it yet, and I said to him, I never figured out the script from the last one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know that was an obstacle for these films. And he got really mad at me for it, and he's like, well, maybe you should slow it down. Oh, my, the humorless, this guy. And he was very, very, I just remember he ended the interview by going, hey, be well. I'm oh, like, geez. hey, shut up, <laughs> jerk. See, I, something, something clicked for me this week. Uh, uh, you know, Wednesday, I went to see uh, Rob Zombie. How was, was that? Marilyn Manson and Rob Zombie. Really? Well, Rob Zombie was really good. Marilyn Manson was so drunk. He's, uh, he's been on a public really? bender for like a year. Yeah. Sometimes, I've, I've seen Marilyn Manson like four times. Sometimes he's sober. Sometimes he's drunk. I think drunk is a little better for him yeah, for right. the performance. But Rob Zombie is, is one of the most entertaining rock shows, you know, you can see. Uh, and early on, Rob said, uh, uh, he grabbed the mic and he yelled, we're here to search for UFOs and bang the prettiest one. No, he didn't say bang, obviously. You're right. And in that moment, I understood Scientology. Now I get it. <laughs> now I get the ethos. Hey, you like uh, you like UFOs? <laughs> you really, really like, like UFOs? Noted uh, space alien servant Tom Cruise returns for Mission Impossible Fallout. This is the sixth... Mission Impossible movie, the second directed by uh, Christopher McQuarrie, who has kind of become Cruise's like in-house screenwriter, just keeps writing Tom Cruise movies. These movies have been going on for twenty-two years. Wow, twenty. As a point of comparison here, uh, Roger Moore was James Bond for twelve years. 
Oh, wow. Tom Cruise has been this character for more than two decades. And maybe it's just me. I don't understand who actually really cares about this. Like, do you know anyone who's really into the Mission Impossible movies? No, but they keep making them, so they must make money. I think they make some money, but I can't name anyone who's, you know, I know people who love Fast and the Furious. I know people who love, everyone loves Marvel. I don't know who cares about this. Can you, here, can you even tell me the name of Tom Cruise's character in these six movies for 22 years? Nope. No? Maxwell Smart. Fred Mission. Fred Mission. It is Ethan Hunt. Ethan, Mm. that is not the name of an action star. That is the guy who voted down your application to join the Yacht Club. That's Ethan Hunt. <laughs> this is the guy who bought your neighborhood bar and turned it into a vape shot that was somehow also a CrossFit gym. That's Ethan Hunt. <laughs> Ethan Hunt dated your girlfriend in college, but you're not intimidated by him because you look at him and know there's no way anyone wants to have sex with him twice. Ethan That's Hunt. Ethan Hunt. <laughs> anyway, Ethan Hunt is back with another impossible mission it's the the thing I liked most about this movie was at the beginning he's just hanging out in like a safe house and the 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 little briefcase comes like it's the TV show and a little thing comes on your mission should you choose to accept it and actually explains the movie we're about to see that was really nice beyond that and I sh- I should acknowledge this is getting really good reviews across the board a lot of people have said this is the best one of these movies I don't know why it. I am bored to tears by all of the Mission Impossible movies, and this was not an exception. Every now and then, it would have a great action. They always have fantastic action sequences. He has to climb up a rope into a flying helicopter so he can have a helicopter fight with the guy who plays Superman. Oh, that might have been a spoiler. Is this the one that he got hurt doing this movie? In the course of this movie, he broke his ankle doing a stunt. Uh, that cost the production nearly $100 million in inflated budget. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Because they had to pay all of their other high-name actors to, to not-, not do any other work for like two months while he recovered. So they paid an extra $100 million so he could do this. Here's a thought. Don't let the 56-year-old man do his own stunts anymore. Did he do the one where he's hanging off a plane within the last movie? Yes. Yes, he did. He actually he, hung off the side of a plane that st- took off? strapped him to a plane, and the plane took off. And you go, and you see that, and I'm like, in a vacuum, this is great. I don't care why he's hanging off the plane. I don't care what's inside that plane, but it's fun to watch. Do you know how easily you can make it look exactly like he was strapped to the side of a plane you as need it a, took off? You need a green wall and a big fan. It is That's just it. really easy. It's all you need. Because the shot couldn't possibly be wide enough. Yeah. To really appreciate There's, what I, he was doing there. I love uh, uh, practical effects. I'm always saying just you know, less CGI, really do it. Not that one. It doesn't matter. Doesn't matter at all. He's just, it's it's his magic powers. I think he thinks he's invincible and he keeps wanting to prove it. So he does all That's of this stuff That's the thing about himself. Scientology, though. I think it enables people like this. It enables yeah. the... It enables the uh, egomaniac, I guess. You know, I don't want to yes. say narcissist, but like, because uh, that term gets thrown around too much. Mm. But he's like, he's this crazy, like, he is so positive. And if you can get in on the top tier of Scientology, I would go. Yeah, right. It's, I just, I don't want to do the boat wash. No. I don't want to be the Sea Org <laughs> guy. I don't want to, 
you know, be but, the guy who's the servant for the top level guy. I'll go in at the top level. But 22 years, he kind of looks the same as he did in he's, the first he's one. He's a um, Good absolute sir. marvel. The, the interview with a vampire, that was a documentary. He is a vampire. <laughs> he is not aging. He is drinking the blood of, I don't know, Kirsten Dunst. You don't see her anymore. Yeah. All right. We got to give it a wrap this up. We got to. Uh, no, I, I mean, a lot of people really liked it. If you trust me, I will have you know that I fell asleep. And at one point, the guy next to me elbowed me to stop snoring. So that's, I don't know how much more honest of a review I could give than I was snoring in the Waterworks Cinema. Apologies to the guy next to me. Yeah, but, you, but you've already made it clear these are not your kind of movies. These are not my bag. So take it with a grain of salt. Yeah. So if you like these kind of movies. If you like them, people are saying this is their favorite one. There's great action scenes. There's more of a supporting cast than ever. If you love them, I bet you're going to like this one more. But if you're not on board, I wouldn't start here. This won't recruit you. No. This will not, not be your uh, Scientology indoctrination. You, you, you will not choose to accept your mission. Val's got uh, news next. We're going to talk about some unusual wedding registry items. Norlex Belma hanging out with us. He's at the Arcade Comedy Theater tomorrow night. The Ruckus Brothers live in the coffee house after nine. More from Mike Pursuta's interview with Ben Roethlisberger coming up in sports. DV Pittsburgh. What do you think about the straw movement, by the way? While I-, I I asked, I went out to dinner with somebody the other day, and I'm like, no straw, please. They're like, what? Does it make you feel good when it you don't use the straw? It makes me feel great. So my thing with the straws is, I'm with you 100%. It, 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 there's got to be a better way. But we just don't have it yet, and that's annoying. Because those paper straws, I don't know if you've used those. They like get wet and fold in immediately. You can't yeah. even get one drink down. Well, and then you drinking don't have without to use a straw. straw. I mean, I don't know. I have kind of like sensitive teeth. You know, I have to, <laughs> you have to cover your teeth like this <laughs> with your you, lip. Yeah, you're like I'm saving the environment, but I'm definitely not getting laid. Randy Bellman and the DVE Morning Show. Yeah, I don't know. It feels good to to, to not get a straw what about it uh, are you a non-supermarket bag taker do you take your own eh, sometimes cloth bags sometimes uh, let me ask you this if i take the blue bags from giant eagle and then i recycle those uh, isn't that good enough is sure. that is yeah, that a, is those. that a wash they're, it, they're it, still getting thrown away at the plant they're tearing them open taking the recycles about and and throwing away the bag no no no, no. no. you recycle the bags at the actually grocery store. Oh, like at they the have grocery a, store. Yeah, they have yes. a bin. Yes, that is valid. They have bamboo straws, Randy, that are reusable. Uh, yeah, I think my girlfriend has those. Actually, she bought a bunch of them. This is her. It's her big thing. Like, not making any footprint at all is very important to her. But I am not as good as it. I feel eh, uh, good at a, doing it as she is. I I feel guilty, and I want to be better, but often I am not. Yeah, me too. Especially with the plastic I mean, bag thing. I do what I can when I can. I walked out of Coons yesterday, or a couple days ago. I should definitely not have... I'm like, no, I don't need a bag. It's fine. I had like milk, cereal, and like a thing of coffee, and a loaf of bread. And they were just clumsy items. Yeah, that's a, a tough to juggle. I'm like, I can do this. I'm not parked that far away. Totally just juggling all the way into the parking lot. <laughs> Um, our friend Norlex Bellm is hanging out with us here. He's going to be at the Arcade Comedy Theater tomorrow night. How are you, man? I'm good, man. Just good off morning. the bus. Good to see you guys. Welcome back to this. Did you take the mega bus? Yeah, you know, that's that's my my uh, my limousine. Mm-hmm. We talked to Joe Bartnick about that because that's how he gets back and forth from uh, Pittsburgh and New York City when he comes here. Yeah. And 
the Megabus is a pretty good deal. It's not so bad. It's a pretty good deal. I mean, it's a horrible service. Like like Waisaki says, they don't have their own stations. They literally drop you in front of places and like, hey, welcome to Cincinnati, you know? Like, <laughs> oh, really? So they just pick a point in the city and that's where you are? A random exposed area. And then just pick you up from there and drop you in another random exposed area. So what is? <laughs> Do they tell city. you where they're going to drop you off? I mean, once you get the ticket, yeah. Okay. <laughs> where is the Pittsburgh drop off for the uh, Megabus? David Lawrence. Okay, so oh, yeah, on, the in, on the inside where like the that tunnel. weird water thing is, yeah. Like, in there. But that's not too bad. It's not bad. I mean, in New York City, it's on 34th and 11th, which is a, it's across from the Javits Center, which is a terrible place to put a bus stop. Because you have the West Side Highway, you have 12th Avenue, there's just too much going on. There's not a a lot of good places in Manhattan to put a bus stop. No, I I agree. But they picked a good place, uh, because it's right as you're getting out of the city, like towards the Holland Tunnel. So it's a good place, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Logistically? Thank you very much. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's early. Uh, (laughs) Right. But they have Wi-Fi on those buses, too. Yes, they do. Save that data plan, baby. That's what I'm talking about. (laughs) Yeah, see, that, (laughs) that would actually... Almost be worth it for the amount of times I've gotten stuck going to New York City and getting stuck in Newark. Oh, like, that's terrible. you know, it's an hour and 15 minute flight, but they won't land you. You'll circle for an hour mm-hmm. or they won't take off from Pittsburgh. They'll be like, yeah, sorry, slight delay. Yeah. Because it just takes forever. And God forbid you check a bag there. Uh, I don't. The good thing I like about Megabus and being like, Pittsburgh's like my second home too. So I always pack very efficiently. I just take a little duffel. Mm-hmm. So I'm not caught on that line. I just get on the bus. I have like what I call like the large man balconies. Like when you first get up the stairs, you make a left. It's like a balcony seat, very conducive for being a large man. So, so you can pick your uh, strategy. Yeah, you're a tall fella. Yeah, six four and a little bit. Yeah, yeah, man. So you got to get the best seat possible. Yeah, I've I've been uh, caught up. I look like Dwight Howard in a PT Cruiser a few times in some, <laughs> in some, of, in some of those seats, man. It looked pretty bad. It, it looked like me jumping out of a clown car trying to get off to get a smoke break. It was terrible. <laughs> it just isn't as bad as I thought it would be. An air-conditioned, Wi-Fi-filled ride to New York, which is how long? How long is the bus ride? Uh, about 8.15. That's not that bad. Yeah. It's not that much more than just driving. Yeah, I mean, honestly, that's why I've enjoyed recently taking like that red-eye, because I finish my gigs in New York, I get on the bus 11.15, 11.30, I'm out cold by, you know, review some tapes, watch them yeah. out cold by 2.00. I wake up, I'm in Monroeville. Yeah, this guy was on stage in New York 10 hours ago. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Where Uh, did you work last night? uh, Broadway Comedy Club and Westside Comedy Club. Cool. I was on Westside on the 10 o'clock. Well, congrats yeah. on your uh, your Caroline's headlining debut uh, last you, week. That was pretty cool. You, you, I saw you sold it out, yeah, uh, and that is a that's a, a great sort of uh, jumping off point for any professional comedian. Once you get that, yeah, I mean, I'm good things you, uh, are are on the horizon for you. Yeah, I'll be honest with you. I I didn't expect the heat. I knew there was going to be some heat afterwards, but the the heat that came on the scene level, and then there was some industry stuff as well there. Yeah, a bunch of like um, uh, skeevy, weaselly uh, uh, network uh, you, you, you uh, agent the, types. Yeah, you could pick the suits out. It's New York City. <laughs> hey, Morty pick- Scheiman, uh, CAA. <laughs> great to meet you. You yeah. are a funny guy. Hold that dot. I'll be right back. Right, dude, do you have a bow tie on on a Tuesday? What are you doing right <laughs> now? I mean, it's 845. What are you doing? Who's your representative? Let me tell you something. Uh, but it, it, was, it was just a great experience. Like I'm from New York, so a lot of New York City came out, but I've been able to make fans in the last two That's years. That's cool, so a lot man. Of those people came out. Comics came to support. Good Some for you. Drove from DC and Pittsburgh. So I'm, I'm, I'm really happy with That's it. That's great. Well, your, uh, your Pittsburgh bona fides are uh, intact here. In, in your time, yes, uh, <laughs> your time at, uh, at Carnegie Mellon, and uh, it was cool. You had Ed Bailey on that show too, yeah. didn't you? Uh, that to. was I really cool. I had to do it. Yeah. Um, once they offered it to me, the two first phone calls I made were Ed Bailey and my, my, my bro Kenny Warren in New York. Now Kenny and I do. No, 
like, like this is not overestimation, probably about six, seven spots a week together. So that's like my road dog. Yeah. And like I started with Ed and went to school with Ed as my frat brother. So Ed's like, a it, funny guy, it man. There was no question. Ed murdered that. Ed went right, right before me. He did about uh, 10 minutes and went up there, game plan down, just murdered it. Boom, Good. Boom. I'm so it, glad it, to hear it, that. It, crowd worked a little bit. They liked them. You know, his style is a little different than what they're used to in New York every single time. Um, so it worked out perfectly. He, his uh, girlfriend came like 15 deep from Brick City, Jersey. Like, they, <laughs> <laughs> like she brought her mom, grandma, auntie. It looked like a cookout in there, man. <laughs> it was great. It's like, is somebody first communion about to happen? What's going on here right now? Uh, it was beautiful, man. It was a beautiful. No, like Spelman is at the Arcade Comedy Theater tomorrow night. Tickets available at the Arcade Comedy Theater box office at the box office or arcadecomedytheater.com. Val's got news for you right now on the DV Morning Show. What's up, Val? Here's the Channel 11 Severe Weather Center forecast. Brought to us by Dormont Appliance. Sure, 11. It's 68 degrees at DVE. I'm Val Porter. The TV reality star we know as Amorosa is releasing a tell all book. She gained fame as a contestant on The Apprentice. That was Donald Trump's TV show. She also served in the White House Office of Public Liaison after he became president. She left the White House last December. The book is called Unhinged, an insider's account of the Trump White House. The news release from Gallery Books indicates it will not be flattering to the president, saying the relationship between the two has come to a decisive and definitive end. That book is set to be released on August 14th. Uh, yeah, you know, the, one of the benefits of hiring lots of unqualified and unhinged people <laughs> is when they write a tell-all, you can easily dismiss it, yeah. which is why it's easy when Michael Cohen is coming up with all these stories right now about Trump to go, and that guy, um, you mean my lawyer from the last 25 years? Who's more crooked than that guy? Yeah, right. And everyone's like, you're right. You know, it's crazy to me how people don't understand that that dude doesn't care about anyone. Uh, DJT? Yeah, he doesn't care about He cares anyone. about America. He cares like, about everybody, Norlach. Yeah, he, no, yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah. He cares about every single American. Yeah, that's the most factual thing I've heard all week, I promise you. <laughs> Look, uh, he cares so much about our farmers, he borrowed $12 billion from the Chinese who we put the tariffs yeah, against. Right. I mean, would he, would he do that if he didn't care about Americans? Uh, it's crazy. So I remember when she got fired, the way the White House spun that was like, they were dragging her out by. Yeah. It's like, oh, see, that's see. It's good to see that even in the White House, black people get fired the same way everywhere. You know, like they all have the attitude. You're not gonna get me out of here without a fight. You know what I'm saying, because like, that's how that's how a manager at Popeyes gets fired. Right? Like, that's not how somebody working in the White House gets dismissed from their position. That's not how that happens. No, I pictured it like that uh, video that went viral yesterday of oh. the restaurant manager just getting like getting metal trade in the head and then a chair over the head. Yo, she um. She like Bam Bam Bigelow, that girl. It was pretty bad. <laughs> did, you rag- that? did you see that video? She ragdolled her. That horrible. was McDonald's somewhere? Yeah. <laughs> First of all, that manager was a, a big person. Well, I want to have children with her because they're guaranteed to go to the league. Did you, you. see her? <laughs> you think, dude. She that... looked like Marquise Pouncey. Did you see her? <laughs> she was she, Yeah, it was incredible. <laughs> incredible. And she did like that, like, she put her, like, sternum out in front and, like, yep. Boom, up against the wall, and then it started haymaker, and oh. She she ate that first shot, no pun intended. Ate that first shot, like, okay, you've made contact. Now we're going to have an issue. <laughs> My favorite part of that video is watching the second McDonald's employee try to hold the girl, like the small girl down, like, yo, calm down. And she elbowed her. She said, you know what? I'm here. Wham, wham, <laughs> Yeah, that's wham, right. She started nailing her. It Originally, great. she was like, I'm on your side. Let me help you. Get out of this. And then she took an elbow, and she's like, well, now it's two on one. How do you like that? <laughs> My friend Tawanda said that that video is brought to you by America's Got Talent, and I was busting out <laughs> on the bus. <laughs>
If you're someone who has stopped watching the news because it's nothing but bad news, you might feel better than the rest of us. Probably no doubt about that. A psychotherapist in San Francisco named Susan Babel specializes in trauma recovery. And according to her, too much bad news can literally affect your health. She said every time we experience or hear about a a traumatic event, we go into stress mode. Our physiology is triggered to release stress hormones like cortisol and adrenaline. And if that happens too often, our adrenaline glands can get worn out, which can lead to you losing sleep, having higher anxiety and developing depression. And those things can lead to headaches, muscle pain, stomach problems. The doctor says you should set yourself a limit and pace yourself when it comes to reading or viewing bad news. How do you know when you hit your limit on bad news? I don't know. It's, you uh, start to feel depressed. This, this year, this year, it's the headline. Like you, you, you read the headline, you go, "Ah, oh, come on!" And then you go have some tea, and you'll be all right. Yeah, I didn't know this lady was writing or doing a write-up on the comedy community at large. (laughs) (laughs) That's why dog videos have come into, uh, like, uh, fashion so much, because you see those now, and I mean, I was just, I broke into a smile earlier just watching a golden retriever roll over. Look at that that good boy. I was way ahead of the game on that. You were ahead of the curve, there's no doubt. When couples get engaged, many of them do a gift registry. A recent article in Elle magazine asked women to name the most random items they put on their registry. Some of the uh, responses included a beer pong table. Nice. That was a dude. (laughs) (laughs) Along for the ride. A motion-activated toilet nightlight, which lights up the bowl in different colors. I bought four of those at Christmas, and I gave them out for Christmas presents. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And nobody will put them on. Why? I don't know. I think it's kind of gross, probably, and I didn't think about that, but it's like- When you have to remove it. Yeah, you Change the battery on yeah. your toilet light. Yeah. You know, like, that's I didn't a, really consider all of that. Deal. But there was a video going around on Twitter, and I don't know if it was a sketch or not, but it was like an older gentleman. He was like, oh, this is great for me at nighttime when I'm trying to use the bathroom. This yeah. is just illuminated. I can find my toilet right. bowl. I'm good. Yeah, but I right. guess it's practical usage outside of being the coolest kid at the party. Yeah. If you want to have a Pink Floyd laser light show in the middle <laughs> of the, uh, the, the night, this thing's perfect for that. I thought it was weird that it played Let It Go from Frozen. That's- <laughs> seemed on the nose. Iceberg, icebergs. <laughs> a shaved ice It should ice keep machine. score. It should like have like a digital like target How accurate that you comes are. up and then you like can play like a video game. By the way, uh, speaking of the Target thing, the reason why I like coming back to Pittsburgh is that a lot of the bars, especially like in the South Side and stuff, they have like random Steelers things in the urinals. So it'll be like just Baltimore Ravens helmets, like on, yeah. like, oh, and then have like a target here. It's like, oh, and it's a map of Ohio, and it's like Cleveland as the target. Yeah. Uh, you only get that when you come back here. Um, and the, the you other really good, miss that in the ladies' room. And the other good thing about <laughs> Pittsburgh urinals, the old ones, they're tall. So for some mm-hmm. reason they'll be like four and five feet tall. Not that you're gonna like go for some <laughs> sort of arc, but I think it's. A, I don't know. There. I guess it's just so you can just spit. You know, there's nothing else to do. It's like right at like eye levels. So you're like, well, boom. all right. <laughs> I mean, I'm. I don't want this to go to waste. I've cleared everything. Right. <laughs> Somebody asked for a shaved ice machine, which yeah. I don't know might come in handy for parties. You like ices. Uh, and cheese of the month club. Yeah, my girl will go for that. I yeah. can see that. I could totally see that. Cheese of the month would be all right. But you, there's going to be a lot of stinky cheese in that. Hey, hey you, you know, you try new things. Why don't you just pair that with like a wine, like those wine clubs? Wine now, of the month club. Yeah, oh now you can have like a little wine and cheese thing on somebody right. else's dime for at least six months. Exactly. I got burned yep. so bad on one of those wine of the month club things. I thought I was buying it. It was $200. And I'm like, 
That's a good gift. For a year, you thought it was 200 bucks? I just thought it was like a one time. I didn't know. I thought they were sending <laughs> one bottle of wine for a year or something like that. I'm like, eh, that's a good deal. And it was 200 a month. Oh. Oh, no. Nah. Like, how many bottles did you get? So it, it wasn't for me. It was a gift I gave somebody. But the person. So now the third month, and I'm because the second month, I'm like, I realized that I'm like, oh, God. Oh, my God. Like what am I going to do? So then I, I have to cancel it. And then the person I gave it to is like, this is the greatest. Thank you. And I'm like, I really didn't mean to yeah. be this nice. So now I have to cancel their gift and explain it to them. And then in the third month, she's like, did you? Is that what? I, I didn't get it. Did you talk to them? And I'm like, so what had happened uh, was. You see, I thought it was a, I didn't realize this was like I forever. don't like you $2,400. Yeah. yeah, right. It was a $200. Thanks. Really appreciate everything. You saw that statement and your eyes went Tom and Jerry on you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then I didn't know what to do. And I'm like, oh God, I have to call them and bail out of this. And they wouldn't let me do it after the third month. They're like, I had to do three months. Oh, okay. Now we know how you would get out of child support. I appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait, 400 a month? Nah, dog. Come on. Come on. Can, we, can we knock this down a little bit? I thought it was a one-time payment. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that kid's expensive. I don't like this kid that much. Uh, speaking of weddings, a Japanese company is making wedding vows out of this world. Uh, the startup company Warp Space is allowing newlyweds to launch wedding plaques into space. The company will print titanium plaques with a newlywed's name on them. Those plaques are then loaded onto small cubes. The crew of the International Space Station will then release the cubes into space. Couples are presented with photos as proof. That service begins on Sunday. This is why we need a Space Force, because the International (laughs) Space Station crew is busy with the wedding plaques. Yeah, we need to put nuptials into space. Yeah, that sounds like a great investment. (laughs) These these people went to astronaut school. Space junk. And they're basically doing the stuff that you (laughs) do on the side at Kennywood. Is there anything on there about how much that costs? I really want to know how much that costs. I want to see. I how, didn't see how much oh, it costs. That'd be. I, I'm, that's got to be at least a grand, right? I'd oh, imagine. at least. Yeah. The biggest scam is when they say like, "Oh, you can name, name a, star. a star." Yeah, get out of here. My dad may have done that for my mom at one point. Uh, like, like, like he said, "This, this is really nice. This is," a, and then he gave it to her, and she was like, "Okay, what? <laughs> so, what do I get?" And he's like, "Well, here's a framed photo of the star." She's like, "All right, okay. Is it, what do I do with it? It's just is this pre or post dial up?" <laughs> this, this was this was fairly recent. Oh, okay. I'm sure it came from an infomercial. Like he was catching, you know, the late game and said, oh, yeah. that sounds like a nice idea. Yeah. <laughs> Two Christmases ago, my sister's derelict boyfriend, who is now, uh, she finally got rid of him. She got a good boyfriend now, which is like, mm-hmm. yeah. thank God. This guy sucked. And he, in the secret <laughs> Santa mm-hmm. that we had, he bought my brother uh, a goat. Nice. For uh, somebody a in like, for Africa. A village. Yeah. And he's like, He's like, this goat is going to provide milk mm-hmm. for the village for like for an entire year, and you know, you you sponsored it. That's your gift. And my brother's like, this is the biggest crock in the world. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this is not a gift. Gifts is completely self serving. Why why would you do that? To <laughs> well, it, it also he didn't trust that the guy actually did it. Oh, and I'm like, there's yeah. no way he did. He printed out a card. He went and got the font. He figured that part of it out. He spent enough money to get that printed out for you. And there is no goat. 
You know what I do? Right. I'd be like, yo, I'm trying to go find my goat, though. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I, need, I would like up, to visit is, it. Is this me right here? Is this my goat? What's I need, up, Clarence? Good to see you, bro. <laughs> What's the VIN number on that goat? I want to go find it. I want to present it to the people. Yeah, yo. you could verify the goat. The space cube. We're not. They, yeah, sure. There's like, oh, yeah, your name's on a cube. It's floating. It's up there right now. You wouldn't know that that was really there until it knocked down the space shuttle, like in gravity. Yeah, or it, it <laughs> took out a panel that was like right. super necessary. American tragedy today. Four astronauts killed when this- they. <laughs> fleet of space cubes. <laughs> this Wedding. says they they start at two hundred and seventy bucks. Oh, That's a little cheaper than what I thought. But you said yeah. start at, which means that there's like escalators right. all the way through that. Platinum packages. I want to see how hard they're working clearance in the village, man. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, are they, are they are they giving you your every two hour fifteen minutes? Are they, are they doing, it's like it's like union breaks. Are they doing that? Right. All right, we so, got we got to uh, wrap it up and go to sports, uh, Mike Pursuta. All right. So if you can. Give me the weather traffic. Spotty uh, showers and thunderstorms, 80 for the high today. It is 68 at DVE. All right, good deal. Mike Pursuit, live from Steelers Training Camp, St. Fitz College in Latrobe. More with Norlex Belma, who's uh, at the Arcade Comedy Theater tomorrow night. Tickets for that available at their website. And the Ruckus Brothers performing live next hour. Their big show, the Motown Review, this weekend. Uh, they'll be in the Permanis DVE Coffeehouse coming up after 9 on DVE. DVE. Sports. Mike Pursuit is live at Steelers Training Camp, St. Vincent College in Latrobe, and he had a one-on-one, uh, one-on-one with Ben Roethlisberger yesterday. I did. Mike, you want to find out who the winner of the Be Like Mike contest is? I do. The winner will receive two sideline passes for the Steelers afternoon practice next Wednesday at St. Vincent College. A $100 gift card to the Steelers Pro Shop. Uh, also, 50 bucks redeemable at Sharky's. For uh, when Mike Pursuta and Bob Labriola do the live from Latrobe radio show, they get a hotel room decorated like Mike's dorm room, and you'll get the wardrobe, the cargo shorts, the Steelers golf shirt, the uh, Michigan State baseball hat, a USA hockey jersey, be a Springsteen poster on the wall, an American flag hanging, a coffee cup uh, to use as a tobacco spittoon. Alternately, you know, you just wash it out, and it's it's a fine. Uh, coffee receptacle. Uh, pl- plus, you get to sit in with the DVE morning show the next morning as we broadcast live from St. Vincent College and two tickets to the Steelers-Titans preseason game Saturday, August 25th. And the winner is over, I think we had like a thousand some entries for this. Dan Bavard from Greensburg is the winner. All nice. right, Dan. Congratulations, All right. Dan. Yeah, short drive for Dan. Yeah. Uh, we can just go down the street there and join us in Latrobe. So Dan will uh, be on board and he'll be the cub reporter there for a couple of days, Mike. That sounds great. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. We might even get Dan on the air Wednesday night. Yeah, why not? Maybe he can interview the winner of the Be Like Ben contest. <laughs> is Bovard his last name or is that a town? That's a town? I thought it was his last name. <laughs> That's why Greensburg is in parentheses. I thought it was the town. I didn't know. <laughs> Bovard's a town? It it's is- a suburb of Greensburg. You know, Randy, I mean- come on. Now we're getting into suburbs. Greensburg's getting pretty hoity-toity. For crying out loud. How big is Bovard, Joe? You're from out there. It's not big. It's very small. Is it where just where Dan lives? Because that's not fair. It's Dan's neighborhood. That's It's Dan. Well, he's in Bovard. All right, my apologies to the fine residents of Bovard for not understanding <laughs> that that was not a last name and indeed a uh, populated borough of uh, Greensburg. Okay, Dan will join us. What's Dan's last name? Are we not giving it? Is that our new policy? Maybe he wants to remain anonymous. Somewhat. Dan Anonymous, congratulations. <laughs> Mike's got your sports. Sports is our brought to you by Bobby Rahal. 
Ben Let's hear some more from Ben Roethlisberger. I had a chance to sit down with him uh, on a one-on-one basis yesterday. We uh, usually do that here at St. Vincent College in Latrobe, and uh, we kicked a lot of stuff around. Uh, one of the topics, one of the obvious topics, uh, how the Steelers respond after that playoff disaster that they endured last January against Jacksonville. I hope that every with every year um, you gain experience, um, some guys more than others, you know, if you've been doing this a long time. But I, I hope that we can take that loss or any loss and learn from it. Okay, what mistakes did we make? How did we uh, – why did we not finish? Why did we not make this play? Was it um, because of a lack of effort? Was it because of a lack of talent? Was it because of a lack of discipline? What was it? And not make the same mistake twice. If you if you make the same mistakes over and over, you're not learning. Like some, you know, something's wrong with you. You need, you need to find a way to make uh, the corrections from mistakes that were made or – just figuring out if you weren't as good as the guy next to you or the guy that played across from you. Interesting. He covered a lot of ground there, and I think it uh, might have been a little bit of all of the above. Uh, maybe it uh, effort. I, did, I didn't see a lot of lack of effort uh, per se, but that might, may have shown up once or twice. Uh, lack of talent. Uh, it's it's a, a team that's top-heavy, the Steelers. Uh, they've got some all pros and some great players, and then they got some guys that, uh, well, one of them, uh, not to pick on Sean Spence, but he was uh, on his couch in December and he was mm-hmm. in the starting lineup in January. Uh, maybe he wasn't as good as the guy across from him, and uh, maybe there were others. I think uh, Stefan Tuitt is going to be the one where you see the big jump. I mean, that injury affected him way more than anybody really gave it credit for last year. I, I think that's a great point, yeah. But uh, he's got to stay healthy to make that happen, too. Uh, one dramatic change that the Steelers have made, uh, Todd Haley is out as offensive coordinator, and uh, the former quarterbacks coach, Randy Feekner, has been elevated to offensive coordinator. Uh, here's Ben Roethlisberger talking about uh, his relationship with Todd Haley and uh, what they accomplished together here with the Steelers. I thought we had a good relationship, a good working relationship. We, we golfed together a few times, off, you know, um, and I thought what we achieved as a group, you know, it's not – his offense it wasn't my offense it was our offense and I'm, I'm pretty sure we were a top five offense almost every year he was here um, you know we've had some pretty good players that help with that but coaching is a big part of that as well so I thought what we accomplished here with him was was pretty special you know I don't think Ben if Ben was petulant if he was a little bit of uh, you know uh, standoffish with Todd Haley, if they butted heads, I don't think any of that would have kept Todd Haley from continuing on as the offensive coordinator with the Steelers. I think he had he was at loggerheads with a number of people in the organization. I mean, we heard Munchak was going to leave if if Todd Haley stayed. That is another good point by you. Uh, I liked Todd personally, and, and as Ben said, they accomplished a lot. Uh, he was not a great uh, work and play well with others guy here. And uh, sometimes when you're that, no matter how good you are at your job, uh, there's an expiration date. Right. So while Ben and, might have been a little more accommodating with the with the offensive coordinator, I don't think it was anything that kept them from being successful, or they would have been you know Super Bowl champions had they gone to dinner more. And and, and conversely, when Haley's contract comes up and they don't renew it, I don't think it's just Ben, you know, sticking his feet in the sand and saying I might retire. Right. Uh, it was uh, a, a deteriorating uh, situation, and, and they dealt with it. Uh, here's Ben Roethlisberger talking about what he would like to do with Randy Fickner as the offensive coordinator that uh, couldn't or wouldn't be done under Haley. 
I've been with Randy for such a long time. You know, we've got such a great relationship both on and off the field. Um, I'd really love to win a Super Bowl with him. Um, you know, I'd love for him to be a part of that because I think he has earned it and deserves it and has really busted his butt for this team as a quarterback. Being a quarterback coach isn't easy because you're getting the coordinator in one ear and the quarterback in another ear, and you have to kind of deal with it, and you're a good go-between. And he's been a great one for me for a long time. So um, I'd love to, to try and win a Super Bowl with him at the helm. Last uh, but not least, uh, here's Ben on whether he's worried about Randy Feekner having never been a play caller in the NFL before and if that might become an issue. I don't think so. I don't know. We'll, we'll see. I mean, there's going to be a learning process from, from him. There's going to be a learning process from uh, he and I, like, communicating during games and all those things. But Randy prepares. I mean, he, he puts the work in, and I think that in itself has earned the respect of the players and the coaches. So when he calls something, there's a reason. He's prepared himself. He knows. He's communicated with Munch, with with Sachs, with Sweet, whoever it is, to know why to call it. So I trust that that he knows why he's calling something. He's just not just you know, well, let me close my eyes and pull a play out of a hat. You know, I think that he's he's got that focus to to know what to do. We'll see. More from Mike Pursuit, live from Steelers training camp, coming up uh, here on the DVE Morning Show. Mike, good stuff. Thanks, man. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. All right, congratulations once again to Dan Bovard of Greensburg. <laughs> Sean Collier, Norlex Belma hanging out with us in the studio. The Ruckus Brothers coming up after 9 o'clock right here on the DVE Morning Show. It's the DVE Morning Show. Yeah, little uh, ween introduction there. Ween at Stage AE tonight. I'm super excited for that. Radiohead was great last night. But uh, Ween, for me, is the concert experience of the summer that I've been waiting for. That's the band you go see, right? You travel? I will travel to see this band, yes. They are an absolute blast. And uh, there is nothing politically correct about anything that Ween does, but it is a super fun show, and it is all over the board. Um, They do country and western. So we got Norlex Belma here, and uh, we've got uh, Sean Collier from uh, Pittsburgh Magazine, and the big show tomorrow night at Arcade Comedy Theater, correct? Yep. Arcade Comedy yep. Theater tomorrow night, 8 p.m. Norlex coming back to headline. Also, uh, Eric Nesby, young up-and-comer. Yeah, can do a guest on the show. Uh, and Shannon Norman, longtime favorite. And gonna be Shannon's a on funny guy, man. Mm-hmm. Shannon right. is my favorite person to hug in the Pittsburgh comedy scene. He's an affable guy. I guess yeah, that's a teddy bear. A, he is. When our bellies touch is how the Higgs boson happened. <laughs> I don't know if you guys knew that. <laughs> I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. it's a fact. <laughs> that's, that's, that is a wonderful <laughs> tidbit. Uh, guessing that uh, you guys, uh, being the age that you're at, are frequent fast food eaters. Here are the least healthy restaurant meals 2018. This will affect where I go immediately after the show this morning. <laughs> Number six. Shake Shack's roadside double cheeseburger and fries with a shake. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This you know what that you know that's all oh, about. Yeah. They don't have Shake Shacks over this way yet. No. Shake Shack is huge in New York. And New Jersey. Yeah. It is the greatest. Uh twenty two hundred and forty calories. So that's that's a that's your day. Yeah. And nice. it's all saturated fat. Yeah. So it's not just even caloric intake that's the issue there. Uh, cheesecake factories, pizza that uses fried chicken instead of a crust. That's a thing? What? <laughs> Do, Wait, is that mean, like a chicken patty? You mean the whole pie or just that it's it, it has a ring of fried chicken around it? What is that called? Chicken 
instead of a crust. Oh, it doesn't have a name. <laughs> you know, it was getting out of control because first it was the cheese in the crust. Then it was like, first it was cheese outside the crust, right? Then they put that layer of cheese in the crust. Now the crust is fried chicken. Uh, they don't I'm, want people to live, man. They're in cahoots with AHH. I promise you. <laughs> it is. It has to piss off Italian people so bad what we've done to their their oh. food. When they this... see us doing that to their pizza, they're like, "What do you? Stop it! No, no, we're gonna stuff more stuff in here." Yeah, but Italians are also the first people that put pasta and seafood on pizza, so we, you know they they can't really be screaming oh, at everybody. Seafood pizza is great. Yeah, but not pasta too. That, there's a reason why. No, I said I've, both, ne- I've never seen pasta on a pizza. Oh yeah, you go like in the city or in Jersey, or even if you go up to Connecticut, you'll see places that have like pesto. And then they'll have, you know, um, uh, penne noodles on the slice. It's ridiculous. Like a fruit that's of bizarre. the mare that's yeah, pizza. Yeah. Mm, no nice cake. Next step, that's just the middle layer of a lasagna. Yeah. And they put that right in the middle there. You might they, well double stack. They call that chicken parmesan pizza style. That's disgusting. That's what it's called. All right, so that uh-huh. is 1,870 calories. Ugh, so these are not listed. Yeah. <laughs> 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 All right, so... These are not in order, I guess, of caloric caloric uh, uh, total. It's just Offense. the worst six. <laughs> mm-hmm. Number four, Uno Pizzeria and Grill. Have you mm-hmm. ever been to Uno? They got oh, one in the waterfront, yep. right? Mm-hmm. Deep dish buffalo chicken mac and cheese. Oof. Oh, my God. That Who's has got the... 2,320 calories. Who's got the mite all? That doesn't sound like <laughs> <Yeah>. fun. <laughs> Whatsoever. Oof. I'm I'm already old enough where I'm like, oh, that's gonna be hell going through. <laughs> yeah. Chili's, which is like Chili's, is my uh, that that is my uh, uh, oasis in the Charlotte airport. Anytime oh, I'm in yeah? Charlotte, I look forward to that Chili's. Got your baby back, baby back. <laughs> I do want to hear Sarah Huckabee Sanders do that commercial. <laughs> <laughs> that would be great. Baby back, baby. I just want to hear her say baby back over and over. Chili's honey, chipotle, chicken, crispers on waffles. What the? Yo, the more words, the worse. Yeah. <laughs> I had to slowly follow that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> there is a, a, a direct uh, correlation between number of syllables and calories. Jeez. 2,510. Mm. Honey, chipotle, chicken, crispers on waffles. So is, is there chicken and waffles with honey... Yes. And it's more than like... S- sweet and hot. Here's one for oh, you, Sean. Honey and Chipotle. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I bet you think when you go into the theater that a safe culinary decision would be getting a soft pretzel. Sure. Put a little mustard on it. Yeah, how that. bad could that be? Oh, just a day's worth. 1,920 right. calories. How big soft? is the pretzel? Sean. Uh, especially uh, the waterfront will now serve you one that's the size of home plate. <laughs> just say, get this instead of the popcorn. And you think, all right, fine. Yeah, I'll just kind of nibble at that. And then when the movie ends, you realize I can no longer walk. This that is where ha- I live now. That happened at um, Key Bank Pavilion. They bring it on a hook. <laughs> right. Are you serious? Yeah. Somebody got one. We were there a couple of weeks ago. Like it hang like it's like a banana hook thing. Oh, word, 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 yeah. They just hang the pretzel on there and you eat it off of that. Just expose. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> See, my, my secret vice is the uh, Auntie Anne's cinnamon uh, pretzels. Oh yeah, the one in the, like they're always it, in the airport it, it, malls. Airports yeah. or certain malls. Those malls, things, yeah. it's a dick thing, man. I, I don't know if I I don't do pretzels outdoors. I'm not like a go to the park and get yeah. a pretzel, dude. I will get it waiting for my flight though. <laughs> You're against outdoor pretzels, though. Yeah, I mean, yeah. that's just kind. I only eat pizza outdoors. Pizzas and chips. That's it. Um, 
Why do you have such no, a strict outdoor policy? No hamburgers policy? or hot dogs? No, because like hamburgers is usually a, two, a two-handed thing. Then mm-hmm. they, you don't have a hand free of somebody, you know, just in general. Yeah. Um, pizzas, you can just fold and walk. You still got your other hand to you. I've been thinking about this for a while. Yeah, no. <laughs> I ain't new to this. I'm true to this, man. <laughs> See, he knows everybody. He's always greeting people. He needs a shaking hand at all times. Right hand strong, baby. Yes. Yeah. All right. Uh, number one is Cheesecake Factory again. Yeah. The breakfast burrito. Now, I would think a breakfast burrito would be, you know, eggs, some some huevos rancheros type action, nothing too bad for you. Gotta have a lot of cheese cheese. and sausage. This must have a ton of sausage and a ton of cheese because it's twenty seven hundred and thirty calories. Twenty seven hundred and thirty. Yes, that's that's a day plus, isn't that a day plus worth? Yeah. I mean, if you're around a you know a buck 85 you should be at around 2000 calories a warm tortilla filled with scrambled eggs bacon chicken chorizo cheese crispy potatoes avocado peppers onions spicy ranchero sauce served with sour cream salsa and black beans oh. spicy ranchero sauce i bet is a big part of it god yeah. who can eat that for breakfast what? in other words Done we wait the until there's a bunch of leftover stuff on the grill yeah and then we scoop all of that into a tortilla and bring it out to you you know what scares me is like they had to have been done in a test kitchen which means there's a possibility there was something worse than that <laughs> like, we, we have to scale this back this bring is, it back a little. this is too I'm, there's two things that went on that list that surprised me mcdonald's salads period mm-hmm. And then, um, oh, because the the dressing is so bad yeah, on those. It is, and on top of that is uh, Five Guys, because those Five Guys double burgers, like that peanut oil, will stick in your body for a while. It's not like the greatest for you either. No. And there's so much sodium in their Cajun fries. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You ever have the Cajun fries? It's no, like, I've only had the fries there. So this is what you want to do. You want to go get a box of Mortons, right? Uh-huh. Salt. Put your hand in it and then put your hand in your mouth. <laughs> That's the Cajun fries at Five Guys. That's not a bad idea. <laughs> and you're fine. Uh, all right, so there's some uh, there's some diet decisions for you to uh, weigh over over the weekend. That was from the Center for Science in the Public Interest. That place went. There's no way that's going to last very long. <laughs> Say goodbye to that place. Yeah, corporate how much money. Is, <laughs> how much does that place cost? Nah, defund it. Yeah, they're going to have a water main break <laughs> very soon. Well, they had the mistake of putting the word science in their title, too. Yeah. Val's got news next. We're going to continue the food discussion. We're going to talk about our cereal habits. Also, the Ruckus Brothers performing live. They got a Motown review going on at the Oaks this weekend. More stuff from them coming up, plus uh, Norlex hanging and Mike Pursuit of Live from Steelers Training Camp. The TV reality star we know as Amorosa is releasing a tell-all book. She gained fame as a contestant on The Apprentice. That was Donald Trump's TV show. She also served in the White House Office of Public Liaison after he became president. She left the White House last December. The book is called Unhinged, an insider's account of the Trump White House. Uh, It's crazy. So I remember when she got fired, the way the White House spun that was like, they were dragging her out by. Yeah. It's like, oh, see, that's, see, it's good to see that even in the White House, black people get fired the same way everywhere. You know, like they all have the attitude. You're not gonna get me out of here without a fight. You know what I'm saying, like, because that's how that's how a manager at Popeyes gets fired. Right? Randy Bellman and the DVE Morning Show. Norlex Bellman with us. He's at the Arcade Comedy Theater tomorrow night. Tickets available at the website. Norlex, uh, Sean, who else is on the bill on that one? Eric Nesby, Shannon Norman, and uh, I will be hosting the evening once again. Ah, lovely. All yeah. right, get your tickets now. Uh, and again, the website. Hey, ArcadeComedyTheater.com. All right. Good deal. Val, what's going on? Here's a Channel 11 Severe Weather Center forecast brought to us by Bridgeville Appliance.
Until 11. It's 68 degrees at DVE. The news is brought to us by CCAC. Well, you're not alone if you're eagerly awaiting your next paycheck. A new survey found that more than a third of Americans live paycheck to paycheck. TD Bank's fourth annual love and money survey found that one in five couples delay buying a home because of financial stress. A third of married couples say they argue about money at least once a month. The survey also found more and more couples finding love online. 16% said they met their partner on the Internet. Uh, That is a 2% increase over last year. On the other end of the spectrum, tough day for rich people yesterday. Secretary of Education Betsy DeVos had her yacht unmoored well, from its marina. One of her yachts. One of them. Yes. She was, has four. This I was think. her uh, ten. Oh, this, ten. Yes. Yeah. This was her freshwater yacht. Oh, well, the freshwater yacht was docked on Lake Erie in Ohio, suffered about $10,000 in damages before the crew was able to regain control. This yacht is valued at $40 million. Well, I'm glad she got a tax cut because now she'll be able to afford to fix her 10th yacht. And Facebook founder Mark Zuckerberg lost nearly $16 billion yesterday. Investors dumped shares in the social media giant, setting the record for the biggest single-day loss in Wall Street history. Not in Facebook history, Wall, Wall Street, Street history. And we had we had two other collapses in the last like ten years. Well, was, Share- how'd that happen? Like what? Shares fell almost twenty percent after news broke that active users fell, and the company warned of slow revenue growth for the rest of this year. The personal loss caused Zuckerberg to fall from third to sixth place on the billionaires oh, list. Oh, man, that hurts. So now there he's only go. worth sixty-seven billion. He's never going to get in the BCS now. Yeah, you, you know the dude Tom from Faith, from MySpace is in the corner, like, yeah, buddy, we finna make a comeback, baby. Yeah. Well, that's why he was like saying two days ago because he knew this was coming, and that's why, like, on Monday he's like, you know, if there's Holocaust deniers that are willing to pay on time, I mean. <laughs> Why to say they can't deny the Holocaust, provided they're up to, you know, yeah. date on their bills. Uh, we talked about this a little earlier this morning, but uh, news out that Walt Disney is the latest company to ditch plastic straws. Well, the straws thing. The company said yesterday it will eliminate plastic straws and plastic stirrers at all Disney-operated locations by the middle of next year. That's except for Disney Tokyo. I don't know why they're not doing it. They don't care, I guess. (laughs) They're like, we have nuclear fallout to worry about. (laughs) That's where I was going. (laughs) We are not giving a rat's ass about a straw right now. We'll just put this in the pond. It'll be fine. It'll disintegrate. (laughs) (laughs) This translates to a reduction of more than 175 million straws and 13 million stirrers every year wow and they want to reduce the number of plastic shopping bags in their parks and cruise ships so they're going to offer reusable bags the one thing i would say is i 100 percent agree with this theoretically i i am all for the idea of reducing waste in the environment and something like a straw you know we got a lot of smart people in the world we should be able to figure out a better way to do a straw than creating all that plastic also i hate the inconvenience of the period between we need to change and before the acceptable change comes along where I'm like asked to sacrifice a more comfortable way of drinking my cold beverage. (laughs) (laughs) I still want to use the straw right up into and here's the great alternative. It's like the same thing with cars. Love the idea of like affordable electric cars and everything that are you know easy to maintain and uh, run well in the snow, et cetera, et cetera. And I think we're finally there, but I was... Not ready to be one of those guys who's like, hey, I got a Prius 1.0. Yeah. (laughs) I have to drive to Ashtabula to get the oil changed, but. (laughs)
So what are your cereal habits? You okay. have a weird cereal habit, right? I got up at 2.30 a.m. last night and oh. crushed a bowl of Kashi. Nice. I eat cereal in the middle of the night. I can't help it. Are you awake when you do this? Half. Yeah. Not always. You're not the full, fully awake by the time you get to the kitchen? No. Uh, no. Last night was a little weird because I was coming out of that Radiohead show. Mm-hmm. And I think I still had a little bit of radio in my head. <laughs> <laughs> Buzzfeed, you know what I mean. BuzzFeed asked people about their cereal eating habits. Do you pour the cereal or the milk first? Dude, if you pour the milk first, you're one of those psychopaths. Thank you. Yeah. See, our yeah. relationship was online. I love you. Yeah, no, dude. I was really hoping you didn't say something crazy. That's like now. those people who put on a sock and a shoe and then a sock oh. and a shoe. These are the same people that who fart on that? escalators. You can't trust these people. <laughs> these people are not to be trusted. Uh, you got to figure out how much cereal you want before the milk. Well, Thank you. But you, you got to figure out how much milk to put on the cereal. Val, that's choose the next words carefully. Which one? No, are you no, no. Now? I'm okay, saying yeah. I, you put the cereal in, and no. then you measure your milk based on the cereal. How much it rises to the lip of your yes. bowl? There's, there's a there's a game plan. Yeah. Well, and the cascading of the milk over the cereal oh, is so essential. Good. And let's, uh, let me tell you something. Uh, something that that I like to do is have that proportioned perfectly when that happens i feel great i mean it's like like i have the perfect amount of milk in there the last bite of cereal and the last bit of milk are going down together that you know that that is like a really good that's like popping uh you know uh those bubbles in uh glad you didn't say is it no not those you know what i'm talking about in yeah the, in the, the packaging. packaging yeah see yeah. that's how i know you weren't a fat kid though because like i look forward to Overpouring the milk that way, I have to put more cereal back in. That's what I'm doing. I have to get my ratio back so yeah. I put some more milk. Now I'm three bowls in. Like I'm not making it to school on time. I- <laughs> <laughs> like that was me in middle school. I'm not even lying to you. Like, I I'm still do serious. that now. It's like a never-ending cycle. And once oh, you great. get out of whack with the proportions, you're just it doesn't stop. You're like I need a bigger spoon. Eighty-nine yeah. <laughs> percent put mir- uh, cereal in first. Good. So eleven percent do milk first, Psychopaths. which is weird. Yeah. What type of milk do you use? Forty-nine percent prefer whole, or two percent, fifteen percent use almond or soy milk. No, three percent just eat it. Can't be a soy. Dry milk. raw dog. Yeah. <laughs> yep. This facing cereal at two thirty. <laughs> I just pictured you waking up yes this morning, just sticking your hand in a box of kashi like. <sighs> I've done it. Well, here's what I, here's bread. the other thing I've done. I've taken a handful of cereal and then just grabbed the milk out of the refrigerator. <laughs> And then throwing the milk down, like I'm creating a little cereal bowl in my mouth. <laughs> was your dishwasher broken? Why did you do that? I, no, it was because I had changed tact. Because originally, I'm like, I don't want a whole bowl of cereal right now. Right, right, right. I just want a fistful of kashi. Are you sure that isn't a sign of decline? That's like, no, I'm, I'm not. I'm, gonna, I'm positive it's, it is. I'll be, well, I'll be putting a, a peanut butter on crackers and then going. You know, I could just get a spoon, eat the cracker, and then quickly eat the peanut butter. Yeah. I'm, I'm. Uh, there's an extra step here, and then I think I probably should have someone else living in my house. Yeah. I probably need oh, yeah. a bit more shame at this when point. When did I devolve did... into this level of savagery? Right. <laughs> did you say you put the cereal in your mouth first? Mm-hmm. Okay. Because yeah. if you put the milk in, then you just have to squeeze one yeah, little no. piece of cereal in. So yeah, yeah, you'd spill the, the milk, milk everywhere. doesn't spray everywhere. These visuals yeah. are getting worse for you, man. <laughs> oh, dude, no, it's not a pretty thing. I'm trying, I figure if I say it out loud, I'll stop doing the weirdest things. Well, you also used to eat french fries in the car and squirt ketchup in your mouth. I did. Yo, why you aired him out like that? No, he talks about it freely on the air. I'm not shaming him in any way. And you're you're driving a long distance, and you got a burger and fries from somewhere, and you want to put ketchup on your French fries, and you're solo. There's no one else there. Yes, 
you have to take the ketchup packet in your teeth, rip it, <laughs> and you can't like just put it all over the fries and then like willy nilly no, reach yeah, over yeah. and then your then your I, hand I is full of ketchup. The cup so you got to do a little about, squirt in about, there and then throw some fries in. What about chicken nuggets yeah. and sauce? We're I don't. Right here, I wouldn't. Right I wouldn't rock those. No. No yeah. way. That's you don't eat good, them at all. I don't. But I wouldn't do it in a, if I was driving. Because that was going to be my question, because if somebody's driving next to you, they're going to be like, is this dude facing sweet and sour packets right now? <laughs> <laughs> I've done it. <laughs> What's going on the over The real there? gross part about that is thinking how they package those ketchup things and like the amount of mice that have been like just walking over all of your ketchup packets, and I'm putting it right in my mouth. What We kind of addressed this. What's your milk to cereal ratio? 36% go heavy on cereal, 18% go heavy on milk, 43% go 50-50. Yeah, I'm in the 43. I think I aspire to be in the 43. (laughs) My sister-in-law keeps lactate, the lactose-free milk, Mm -hmm. because my nephew is lactose intolerant. And the first time I had it there, I was like, oh, this bowl of cereal is going to (sighs) suck. It's not bad. It's pretty good. What if you just drank a big glass of it? I don't know. Because Would I'm there. Be I try to be a little more mannerly there when I'm staying at their house. I didn't mean out of the carton. Oh. <laughs> Why would you dirty a glass for milk? <laughs> Do you drink the milk at the bottom of the bowl? Yes. Yeah. Especially yeah. with the sugar in the cereal. You got yeah, to. Yeah, and it's like flavored. You got to yeah. do it. Fruit loops are the best for that. And Apple Jacks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 51% what? The best. Don't say Kashi. Fruity Pebbles. Uh, yeah. yeah, that's pretty good. Fruity Pebble milk. Yeah. 51% always drink it or spoon it up. 19% never do. 27% said, eh, depends on the cereal. Is there anything on here about combos? Uh... What do you mean? Combining two cereals, crossing um, the streams. I don't have that, but I think that was. <laughs> because let in me here. tell you what, there should be a website that gives you tips on what cereals go with what. Well, like a cocktail site. There's, um, there are a lot of complimentary cereals out there. I mean, there are times I've tried and failed, but most most times you, you can't go wrong. Mm-hmm. If you get a cinnamon life. Cinnamon Life will go awesome with any neutral cereal, any cornflake, any weedy, any Rice Krispie, Regular any Crispix, stuff like that. I know way too much about cereal. 28% combine two types of cereal. Uh, Kicks and uh, Honey Nut Cheerios goes great. Yeah. I'm, I'm on BuzzFeed. Like, straight up Kicks? Yeah. yeah. It goes great. I, I yeah, I'm in a Kicks in a long I, time ago. I, yeah, it was a camp thing. You know how to have those big... Yeah, the big... Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Those were Oh, that's Shangri-La to a big dude like me. I love it. <laughs> oh, Buzz, it's BuzzFeed says Wheaties and Cheerios. I feel like... Those are too plain. Yeah, I feel yeah. like you need a little it's gotta spice be, It's got to be the honey nut if it's going to be Cheerios. You got to have something yeah. with flavor in there. Cap'n Crunch and Fruity Pebbles. No, too much sugar. Too sugary. I can see it, though. I can see it. Cocoa Pebbles and Reese's Puffs. You're just making a cake at that point. Smart Start and Special K, Honey Nut Cheerios, and Honey Bunches of Oats. Here's the thing. You need something. It's the same cereal. You need something that has, like, the fiber in it, and then, like, a little sugar in the second one. Grape nuts and cornflakes? Yeah. Not Mm. cornflakes. You'd be more like grape nuts and cocoa puffs. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Grape nuts nuts and, uh, uh, um, what's the- King vitamin? Crunch berries. Oh, crunch berries, yeah. That, hun- that honey nut cheerio one sounded. It was honey nut cheerio and what? Honey you nut cheerio. Well, honey, honey nut cheerio. cheerios oh, and frosted I'm about flakes. It. It's, it's one of my go tos, man. Honey Seriously. nut cheerios and frosted flakes. Uh, yeah, I do it. I do it. Mm-hmm. Do you remember when Sugar Smacks had that? Uh, their mascot was a heroin addict. Yes. <laughs> what? Can't get enough of that sugar smack. 
Can't get enough of that smack. He's like, do me. <laughs> are, you, are you serious? That was a real thing? Yeah, oh, yeah. I mean, the guy was like basically guy. getting tied off with sugar smacks. I mean, it wasn't really heroin, but he was yeah, no, but like, like a jazz cat. That, that was, <laughs> it was a toad. He was a West Village jazz dude who sugar. just got deep in the hole. Uh, all right, hold on. Sugar smack commercial from the... This might not... This might be... This the might 80s. Be, yeah, this one might be too recent. Oh, see, that's Diggum. Maybe I'm thinking of the worst. I'm thinking of soup, Super Sugar Crisp. That's what it was. BuzzFeed's ultimate, by the way, is Lucky Charms, Cheerios, and Cinnamon Toast Crunch. That's doing too much. One bowl. Lucky Charms, Cheerios. That takes up a lot of space in the cupboard. <laughs> right. And that's hella milk, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, the, two of those sop up a lot of milk. It's too much work. Something. I don't know. I got to remember what this bear was. Sugar Crisp. Give me some sugar. <laughs> Look, blobs making air pollution. Hey, Blob, you're polluting air. I don't care, bear. Well, I do. He's a bear. So put out the fire. Sugar bear. The air. You deserve a reward, sugar. Super Sugar Crisp is my reward. Start your day with a good breakfast featuring post Super Sugar Crisp. It's a honey sweet vitamin treat. That was the weirdest Pornhub video. It's like, you deserve a reward, sugar. Is this going where I think it's going? The Ruckus Brothers are in the coffee house, an all-star lineup, Sean McGregor, Diego Burns, uh, Anton, uh, and Brandon, and Penny, and Denny. You got, who typed this out? This is, who typed this out? It says Penny Carl. No, it's, that's my chicken scratch writing. This is Sean, by the way. It's my horrible writing. Come on, Sean. Type stuff out. <laughs> hey, uh, I, I'm glad to see you got bassist Antow DeFape on board. <laughs> I'll email you next time. Abby, JD, Addy, uh, Delana, Lindsay, and Vince. Man, you got a badass lineup up there, Sean. I'm lucky, for sure. So the Ruckus Brothers shows tonight at the Oaks Theater. Are there tickets available for this? Not many. I would get on it soon. This is going to be one hell of a show, and you guys are just doing a Motown review. Correct. Correct. Yeah, we're um, the set spinning from the very beginning to the end of Motown all over the place. Really great variety, deep cuts, and the big ones, and the big hits. www.theruckusbrothers.com, and uh, what do you got for us here? Uh, We're going to start first with the Temptations tune, Papa Was a Rolling Stone. Nice! All right, Sean McGregor with uh, the Ruckus Brothers here, live in the DVE Coffeehouse on the Point Park University stage in the Permanis DVE Coffeehouse, the Ruckus Brothers on DVE. Home. And when he died, all oh, left us was alone. 
hey, hey. Papa was a rolling stone. Yes, he was. Wherever he laid his hat was his home. Papa had three outside children and another wife, and that ain't right. Heard some talk about Papa doing some sort of fun preaching, talking about saving souls and all the time reaching, dealing in dirt and stealing in the name of the Lord. Mama just hung her head and said, son, Papa was a rolling stone, yeah, yeah. wherever he laid his hat was his home. Much on thinking, spend most of his time chasing women and drinking. Mike Pursuit has got your sports right now on the DVE Morning Show, live from Steelers Training Camp, St. Vincent College in La Trobe, and you sat down one-on-one with quarterback Ben Roethlisberger yesterday. And that I did. It's become an annual tradition up here at St. Vincent College. Yesterday was the day. Sports this hour is brought to you by Barstool Sports Rough and Rowdy Brawl, August the 5th. We'll hit the highlights uh, here as we close things out uh, today uh, regarding the Ben Roethlisberger interview. Uh, one of the themes uh, circling about the Steelers as they commence training camp is uh, the suggestion that this is a team that has underachieved because it has been undisciplined or distracted or otherwise uh, not as on its details as it needs to be. Now, 
the Steelers have gone to the Super Bowl a couple of times under Mike Tomlin. They have not recently. Uh, one of the questions uh, I put to Ben yesterday involved what, if anything, has changed between those early Tomlin Super Bowl teams and the recent additions. Uh, what are the comparisons, uh, if any, between those clubs and this year's team? Here was uh, what Ben Roethlisberger had to say about that. The, the Super Bowl teams were, were had a lot of veteran guys on it, right? We still had a lot of Coach Cowers guys were still there, and some veteran guys were still around, sprinkling in with some young guys. And I'd like to think that's kind of what we have now. Uh, I wouldn't say we're an older team, but I, I think, especially on offense, we're a we're a mature team. You know, you're, you've got some of those eight and nine year vets, right? You're not talking. Um, you know, I, when I think about those the last Super Bowl, I think about um, you know Heinzes and and Farriers and some of those older guys that were in double digit years. Um, I think now we've got a, a big chunk of those guys sitting right at the, the high single digits, so they've got that experience. They mature, but they also still have enough youth in their body to hopefully propel us to the next level. It's an interesting theory, and uh, we'll see uh, how that plays out. Uh, in recent years, Ben Roethlisberger's uh, retirement or impending retirement has been an issue. It's one that uh, – he brought to the table initially, and it uh, kind of swirled about the last couple of years, but uh, not so much uh, anymore. There's not a lot of uh, concern or uh, discussion about when Roethlisberger might retire. Uh, I talked to him yesterday about his game and how he's playing, and uh, his contention was he hasn't peaked yet. I feel as good as I've felt in a long time, um, health-wise, and um going back and, and looking at last year's tape and, and really studying and evaluating and talking with Randy and um, some other people that I value their opinion on, uh, I might have had one of my best seasons. Maybe, you know, Statistically, it was, it was a pretty good season, but in terms of arm strength, making decisions, you know, all those things, I still feel like I'm playing at a high level, and I still feel like I'm, I'm going up. I don't feel like I'm coming down yet. Going up, not down at uh, 36 years of age and entering or set to enter his 15th NFL season. Uh, he had those discussions with the people he trusts. He looked at the tape. Uh, he talked to Randy Fickner, the new offensive coordinator, about it, and he also saw firsthand that uh, he can still do what he wants to do. You know what? I think as you get older, people start talking about, you know, what's the first thing to go? Your, your legs, your mobility, right? I, I still feel my arms as strong as it's ever been. I'm out there with the receivers playing catch and they're telling me that the ball's getting there faster than it ever has so i think my arm has actually gotten stronger but you know if you look in that jacksonville game down there the stretch there were a couple scramble plays down the field where i'm running and making some plays i think those to me were kind of like okay maybe i maybe i still have it a little bit so jacksonville the two games you went from maybe i don't have it to yeah i still have it. yeah maybe <laughs> i think what he was talking about there at least one of those plays uh, do you remember the scramble where he started the run and then he lateraled it to Le'Veon Bell and Bell ended up being credited with an eight-yard touchdown run. That was the second-to-last touchdown the Steelers scored. That that got him uh, kind of back in it again at uh, seven points down, uh, just outside the two-minute warning. Uh, he, he can still create a little bit on the fly, and uh, I think as long as he can do that, he's going to keep enjoying playing the game. Uh, he made it clear yesterday that uh, the motivation – is what it's always been. Uh, he's still getting a charge out of it, and uh, assuming he stays healthy, which is paramount to Ben Roethlisberger at this stage of his life and his career, if he can continue to stay healthy, he's going to want to do this for a while yet.
Oh, for sure. Yeah, I mean, as long as physically, that, that's the most important thing. Physically, I can do it. If Pouncey's still here, if I have that line in front of me, that's a big deal because that helps with, with me being physically healthy. But, you know, I was doing the math. I've spent over a year of my life here, which is crazy to think of. Like, uh, over a year of my life is spent here at St. Vincent College. And when I come here, it's like you, you still get excited. You still want to go and you want to win. And, yeah, I, I'm still driven. I still want to be great. Good stuff from Ben Roethlisberger. He's uh, he's not going to be a problem this year, Rand. I, I don't know uh, how many other guys could say that, but they got the quarterback to build around at least. Do you think that his uh, concerns about their drafting Mason Rudolph have all been sort of, I don't want to say allayed, but he's at least been able to put them on the back burner? Yeah, I do. And if you saw Mason Rudolph attempt his first pass yesterday and look like Garrow, you're permeating against the Redskins in the Super Bowl doing it. <laughs> you would, you would I can't be believe he actually lost, he lost the handle on it when he went when he, he pulled it back. Yeah, play action boot. He, he pulled it back to let it go, and it just flew out of his hand. That's backwards. pretty funny. You'll you'll have this. Uh, hey, one uh, little note from practice yesterday: James Franklin, the Penn State coach, was on the sidelines. Yeah. And he apparently doesn't want to be like Mike because I was also on the sidelines, and it was a sunny day. Sure. And James Franklin is a bald man. He has his head shaved or, you know, for whatever the reason, he doesn't have any hair. (laughs) And, you know, just out of concern and human kindness, I wanted to see if maybe he wanted my hat to protect his head, and I offered it to him. And he, uh, he thanked me but turned it down. He didn't want my hat. You offered him a hat? That's kind of a personal thing. I did. Yeah, that's gross. Were you <laughs> no, wearing the coach, hat at I the said, time? Yes. Yeah, hey, coach, there's a lot of sun out here. You know, do you need a hat to protect yourself? And he said, no, thank you. I, I don't think it was, you know, necessarily he didn't want to wear my hat. I think the fact that it was green and it had a big uh, spark on okay. the front. Okay, all right. We're getting to the bottom of this now. I get is it. What, all righty. You know. Mm-hmm. He decided, nah, I probably shouldn't put this on. But uh, yeah, I mean to go. Know, from, I offered. I offered, yeah. man, because I'm that kind of guy. As you know. I mean, Val, he, as you know. if he's going to put on a school's hat other than Penn State, he probably wants to get one that doesn't also have a huge sexual assault scandal associated with it. Nothing? Mike? Hello? Moving on. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, one, one other one. Uh, the Westmoreland County Air Shows this weekend. Uh, yes. Saturday, to be specific, from 12 to 5. Mm-hmm. And the fighter jets were warming up yesterday while the Steelers were practicing. Uh, they're supposed to do it again today. They were buzzing all over the place and, uh, you know, just darting across the sky and in formation and doing their tricks. And uh, it was really cool. The, the awesome sounds that they make and how fast they go and just the firepower. That, that is really neat to see. Was there a little uh, bit, a part of you in the back of your mind that wondered if Antonio Brown was going to jump out of one of them? No, but I think somebody may take the helicopter thing to the next level and uh, maybe try a jet. Yeah. Well, that's that's the next level. You have to fly it if you're going to do it. You have to Dan Rooney that one. Yeah, I don't know. Those <laughs> a lot can go wrong. I, maybe just ride in the back. You know, the, sometimes the Blue Angels or whoever, they let somebody ride with them. Maybe try that. I just meant like a ultralight or something like that, not an actual Blue Angel. But, hey, all right, look. Great stuff this week. Looking forward to seeing you next week, but uh, I'll be off uh, Monday and Tuesday, and I'll rejoin you Wednesday morning, and then we'll be out at Steelers training camp on uh, Wednesday afternoon. 
And we'll be with you for the Live from Latro broadcast next Wednesday night. And then, of course, broadcasting live from Steeler Training Camp Thursday. And then Friday morning show will be comprised of interviews that we conduct at camp over the course of a couple of days. We're coming for a big sleepover, Mike. It's going to be a big week. Yeah. Looking forward to it. All right, man. Good stuff. We'll talk to you soon. See you guys. More from the Ruckus Brothers coming up on DVE. It is the DVE morning show and the Ruckus Brothers in the Permanis DVE Coffeehouse on the Point Park University stage in anticipation of tonight's show at the Oaks Theater, a review of the classic Motown catalog. And uh, you guys got one more for us right now, right? Correct. correct. And an all-star lineup, by the way. This is like uh, just an incredible crew of heavy hitters from the Pittsburgh music scene who are a part of this. And uh, what do you got for us here? Uh, we're going to do a little bit more of a classic, prettier one. We're going to do My Girl and feature Vince Wiley here on vocals. All right, cool. Here they are. It's the Ruckus Brothers DVE.
Well done. Yeah, that's the Ruckus Brothers. They got the Motown review going on tonight at the Oaks. Get your tickets right now. Ruckusbrothers.com to check it all out. And that is an all-star lineup of uh, killer Pittsburgh musicians. Great job, guys. Thanks. Thanks for having us. On the way uh, uh, next week, we will uh, be off Monday and Tuesday. But are you going to be here, right? I'll be here. But uh, we'll be back on Wednesday. Full uh, full team. Unless you don't want me to work. Don't work. You want to take off? Okay. Why don't you? I don't know. We'll see. Take a break, Val. You work too hard. <laughs> Go test some cereal combinations out. <laughs> yeah, <fun>. exactly. <laughs> uh, I need no- to do research. Norlex Balma, always good to hang with you, man. Hey, thanks for having me back, Tomorrow man. night. Uh, or, yeah, it's tomorrow night, right? Tomorrow Arcade night. Arcade Comedy Theater, right? Arcade Comedy Theater. Sean Collier presents 8 p.m. tomorrow night. Norlex headlining I don't know if you heard, fresh off that Caroline set, Ooh, by baby. the way. Oh, baby, I still got some heat on my butt. <laughs> we'll, uh, <laughs> we'll also have Shannon Norman, Eric Nesby, again, tomorrow night, Arcade Comedy Theater. Get tickets at the door or at arcadecomedytheater.com. All right, uh, good deal there. And uh, special thanks to uh, Sean Collier for being in here today with the review of Mission Impossible, which was basically you fell asleep in the middle of it. I fell asleep. Other people yeah. like it. I felt I liked Teen Titans Go to the Movies more than Mission Impossible mm-hmm. What so. is Teen Titans what is. Go to the Movies? It's like a kitty. It's like a Ren and Stimpy kind of feel of a kitty superhero movie. Teen Titans are awesome. Yeah, see? I love them. People yeah. like them. I grew up with it. People like And uh, since uh, you're going to be a captain next week, I don't know if I'm supposed to review it yet or not. Next week, Eighth Grade by Bo Burnham comes out. Oh, it man. It is fantastic. Everybody's freaking out about that movie. I, I don't know how it happens. He, it, he gets into the mind of a 14-year-old girl perfectly. It's so good. But that's next week. This week... Go see Norlex at Arcade. All right. Uh, That is it for us for today. Michelle's going to be coming in next with the Electric Lunch at Noon. Make sure you get your call in. uh, Get on Twitter. uh, Email to her. I don't know. You can... Facebook. Facebook. Everything. And uh, I'll see you tonight at Ween at Stage AE. Yeah. Have fun. Yeah. I'm excited for that. No doubt about it. Stroker Ace. This is their song, Stroker Ace, based on the movie Stroker Ace, starring Burt Reynolds. Clyde Torkel's Chicken Pit. Come on, Val. You remember Stroker Ace, don't you? It was one of the last Hal Ashby movies. Wasn't it Hal Ashby? Isn't that guy's name? Is that the... I'm sure I ever saw that one. Oh, <laughs> legend. That's the one where he and Lonnie Anderson got together. Oh. And it ruined his life, basically, after that. Was Dom DeLuise in that, too? Just feels like he's in every Burt Reynolds movie. I'll watch all <laughs> the right moves for you. I'm not watching Stroker Ace. Dude, Stroker Ace is all a right. good, funny movie. It, it was Talladega list. Nights before its time. All right. Bert's an underrated artist. All right, that's it for us. Have a great weekend, everybody. I'm finished. You stay classy, Pittsburgh. Don't touch your face. They got him dead, Pittsburgh, all day, baby. But now you got to call me Ronald. Would you not eat my pants? Ronald. Ah! Mm-hmm.